Well, I'm Reed. I'm Christian. And we are Tetelestai. And this is Discography Discussion. Oh yeah, Reed wants to know if you got a record. Yeah, I got the record. And and <laughs> I got some bad news for you guys. No, it's <laughs> no, no, man. Uh, I loved crap. it. We were just listening to it uh, a little bit ago. It's funny because I actually downloaded it, or I downloaded the uh, the MP3s from the card, like Good. just today. Because I was like, I'm getting ready to leave and drive down. There. I was like, you know, it's kind of really important that the other guys hear the songs too, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> It just totally slipped my mind um, because back whenever you first hit me up on Twitter, I actually was in the middle of like a 60-hour, 70-hour work week. Oh, dang. And so everything was like – because you're like, hey, did you get the record? And I was like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to make sure when I mailed him because I had a, a close friend of mine that actually didn't get his copy. And I was like, what's going on with the mail? Right. Yeah, no, but- I got it. Um, I, I mean, it's some heavy stuff, man. <laughs> like – I'm glad oh. you like it. Um, we're we're just about to um, we're gonna do we're gonna do some advertising across Metal Sucks and Lamb Goat and all those. Sweet. Um, just to kind of blast out, like no one really knows we exist because we've been intentionally under a rock for so long. Right. And and so we're just kind of starting to do this whole like, you know, getting out there, connected, whatever podcasts, you name it, whatever form of media we can be out there is good. So very cool. Anyway, yeah, I'm Reed. Christian is the drummer. We're a two piece. I don't know yeah. if you put that together, but all the sounds on that record are just that's us. We didn't uh we didn't program bass or bring in a bass player or anything. So everything's everything's us. That's really cool, man. Yeah, I heard you guys uh for the first time on uh as the story grows and uh I was uh, I was pretty impressed, and so I was like, "Yeah, man, I, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and buy this." And then I like literally, I think it was like few hours after like I had bought the record, and then that's when you sent me a message on Twitter, and I was like, "Okay, cool," you know, like yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think you did, was it you that followed me, and then I was like, "Who's this guy?" And then I yeah. went and looked, and I saw you were the same guy that had ordered one, so I was like, "Cool, I'm gonna send yeah. him a message." I was like, uh, you know, I like connecting with everybody, so. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even introduce ourselves. I'm yeah terrible. So this uh, is how Dan does it when he is so excited to talk to somebody he forgets to introduce himself. <laughs> it's a going trend on the show. So <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm we got Dan. Dan. And we got guy and guy too. I'm right. Jeff. Jeff. That's how I like it. I'm yeah. Joe down in front. Dan, Jeff, and Joe. You will spend time seeing me stare off into space. That's just me staring at the computer, making sure everything looks say, nice. It's like you're looking at like a fish background on your computer. Just fish going back and forth. Yeah. Finding Nemo, finding Dory. Right. Dory's faking. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I... T- hey, that's yeah. a legit, like... That's a legit possibility. I'm just saying. She's like, I saw a boat. And I'm like, oh, so you're faking. Okay, uh-huh. cool. Yep, yep. Exactly. Dude, I thought so that the other day. Like, I got three kids, so we watched all that stuff all the time. And, like, it's so funny. Like, I, I was like, I was like, she has that memory loss, like, when it's convenient. You know? Like, <laughs> yep. 
I've been getting messages from people asking us lately. It's like, are you guys like a Christian podcast? Um, it, like, we're definitely not, but like we, uh, but that's that's where I got my start in music was in Christian music, and so. Oh, uh, so talk more about that. Like, what what uh, what do you mean? Like, what did you work with labels or? No, I was just a music junkie, you know. So like, and I got started off, you know, like when I was younger, and so I got into a lot of like the hardcore and metal and and death metal and stuff like that from uh, from listening to Christian music. So it's like I've got like this history of like the past almost twenty years now of like listening to all that like really heavy stuff that was Christian. And so like when we started this podcast, it was like I'm not going to not talk about those bands, you know. Totally, you know. We like talking about Christian and non-Christian bands because, you know, I mean, uh, we have similar histories with music and, you know, different bands that we've listened to over the years. And, and um, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, I, I've got to say, like, one of – because I was never um, – I was never, like, a metal drummer for, like, a long, long, long time. And so one of the first bands that I listened to that were metal in any way uh, was Becoming the Archetype. Okay. Okay. And yeah. This very the very first album I was was blessed to get their very first album as the starting point because I actually think that's one of their most creative in terms of like the way the sound is so visceral, like the mix isn't perfect, like the EQs are a little bit like out of whack, the time almost harsh. Yeah, yeah, almost almost harsh, but it adds this like gritty quality. Like you can almost like you can almost like feel them playing like right next to you like even on like crappy speakers it's kind of weird to like talk about because then i listen to their their next like three or four albums and everything just sounds well with the exception of the one it's after like that, really po- really polished yeah polished yeah and, and we're i'm just so not in love with the polished sound especially when it comes to drums and so whenever i hear like a perfect snare sample three or four times in a row i'm just like i don't i don't know about that like <laughs> It, it, it takes me out of it, almost like seeing like a, a bad lip sync or like a. And I don't know if that's what they did for sure on their records. No, per but say, but but like I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Compared to that first one, yeah, yeah. It, compared to that first one, it 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 sounds over the top polished, even though it may not be. I, that's what I'm the biggest fan of is just that that gritty like, almost if you could leave mistakes in, you'd want to because that's kind of, that's more relatable to me as an honest description of what music does for me see like that raw analog emotion yes not not so raw that it's like oh we're not going to edit anything yeah right you don't want to go straight like back to the old garage sound but i understand what you're saying yeah exactly yeah yeah Yeah, i would say my only claim to fame is uh is is jason wisdom calling me a douche yeah we had jason wisdom on a few episodes ago (laughs) and uh we were talking about living sacrifice uh, and this is topical uh because jeff was complaining about the vocals on non-existent Jason Wisdom just out of nowhere just goes, he like does like the cough douche. Like it was, uh, I, w- I was saying something along the lines about living sacrifice is is so good that you could t- you could show them to your friends and they'd have no clue that they it was a, a Christian band. Yeah, they're phenomenal. Yeah, I'm like I'm friends with uh, we're friends with DJ and he um, he. Um, <laughs> uh, is also not pleased with the sound of the vocals on there. In fact, we've talked about re- re-recording and re-releasing a, a remaster. Oh, that'd be very cool, dude. Because that's the only thing that we, it was. It was hard for us just because, or at least for me, it was just because the vocals 
I, I, I had a hard time. I'll send you he guys pre-order like, money for yeah, that yeah, I, right I, I now. Think, like, yeah. DJ hates it. Like, DJ <laughs> personally hates it. He was so unhappy with the he was so unhappy with the recording process and how it went that like he's just never been happy with it. So, so I kind of threw it to him cause you know, he was on, um, uh, you know, on our project, obviously you've heard it already. And this is the first thing he's been on in 20 years. He said, yeah, since, uh, not since inhabit, right? Like, I mean, it's been that long. Yeah. He hasn't, I don't think he's guessed on anything or, I mean, according to him, I don't actually know for sure, but I know that he's done, like played live with living sacrifice a few times and, done some of their older stuff um but not as far as like being actually on a record so like the way we did that is i sent him a recording package because he lives in arkansas and i'm in nebraska and i sent him like a box full of like a preamp uh a a, a good mic and step-by-step instructions with um a flash drive with like everything he needed and so (laughs) it took him a while to get to it that's, but once awesome. Did, That's awesome. You know, it's pretty funny. I had to doctor the recording just a little bit. Like, of course, it wasn't perfect coming back because, you know, you just recorded it without a pop, you know, or excuse me, without a reflection filter or anything. So there's a little bit of room sound in there. But so that that us doing that kind of spawned the idea of like, I kind of was like, hey, man, well, I'd love to take a crack at it because, you know, remastering something like that would be so much fun. Like the segue a little bit. Like we talked about it in the as the story grows podcast, but um, one of the ways we got connected with all these people is I actually remastered "Give Them Rope" um, from Cole S. Yeah, and, I was okay. very impressed whenever I heard that. I was like, I mean, that's that record is phenomenal, and yeah, like, it's, it's definitely one of my favorites. And it was really cool to be able to do that, um, you know. And forgot where I was going with this, but oh yeah. Was, we do dude, that all the time. time. Was, uh, <laughs> yeah, so so I love doing that kind of thing. I love taking old recordings, and that's kind of I, I just started when I first got into it, like a decade ago. I was just like, here I'd hear a record, you know, some like lesser known bands, and and I'd be like, man, this is great music, but it just lacks so much right. uh, of just that. Not just volume. We're not talking just volume, like loudness, but just. Um, legibility i guess you know just that live sound that that like that fullness of what they could like you could tell the extremity and what they're playing but it does it's not coming across that way in the medium you know right yep. Yeah. Yep. and that's that's the thing that i would try to fix and so i just kind of got into that and tinkering with that but so anyway who knows if that'll happen um lots of ideas but it, there is a possibility of that and and so <sighs> That'd be that might happen the uh the re-record and, and the re-release and remaster of, of that. So. Oh my god, that would be. Am I allowed to tell people about that? Because it might make it into the opening of the show. I'm gonna text DJ right now and I'll ask him. All right, <laughs> tell him. Uh, also, well, no, I'll, I'll I'll contact him. I, I follow him on on uh, Twitter. <laughs> well, because okay, so we complained a lot about like it wasn't like straight up shit talk about his vocals, but. I was like, man, after all that stuff we said about his vocals on non-existent, <laughs> no, I don't know if he'd even want to talk to us. Said, like, yeah, yeah. You got puppy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he so. I totally agree with you. Okay. Yeah, that was why I was totally distracted earlier. She was hanging out over here, but she was off camera. Well, I'll uh, I'll definitely hit him. I'll definitely hit him up then. Uh, <laughs> so I'm always real nervous. Like we, uh, what was one of the first bands we talked about was Mortification, and we were not like, 
very nice. Um, you can say kind. We weren't we kind. Weren't, we weren't kind on <laughs> some of the stuff. But it was one of those, like, once we started talking to people, I was like, oh, maybe we should get that guy to come talk to us sometime. And then I was like, oh, I don't know, man. After what we said, you know, like, because <laughs> uh, that's part of that's part of what we do. We're, we're critical. We're still critical music listeners. So, yeah. like, if something's not good, we're going to we're gonna say it, you know. But it, it's, yeah. still, it's still our opinion. You know, if somebody disagrees with it, that's, that's fine, you know. Here's the great thing about uh, I never took music appreciation, but I always love the fact that people thought appreciate meant like to be fond of it. When in reality, when an appraiser comes to your house, he looks at everything, good and bad, and he goes, "Well, this is what it's worth." Right. Exactly. And so right. Me, when I I appraise, you know, we all appraise ourselves all the time. Mm-hmm. We just happen to be, especially as men, a bit more critical. <laughs> Absolutely. Than we'd like, uh, <laughs> but like, so when it comes to like art, especially since I am an artist, I'm just like. I am almost always negative first, and then like after a couple of listens, I'm like, oh yeah, but then that was pretty good. Right. But I I always see what could be improved on first, just because you know you're you do the thing that you're listening to. Yeah, it's, it's highly unusual to listen to something and have like an immediate connection. Yeah, and it doesn't happen very often, and when it does, I mean, you remember it. You know exactly which albums yeah. or which bands like you have that. Because it never goes away. Everything yeah. else is just, it kind of grows on you. Well, dude, it it's, was like that with me just recently with uh, Not Beneath. Um, they're another two-man band. Um, and they, they just put a record out in um, January. And they realized were a two-piece, yeah. 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 And they're, um, I heard, I literally heard like a clip on a podcast of like 30 seconds of one of their songs. And it was like the literally the first time in years I was like, Dude, I I have to have this right now. Like Wasn't I, that on Travis's as well. Yeah, I listened to I listen okay. to his podcast every week. So like, dude, there's uh, nothing wrong. Travis is cool. He's been on. He's a he's a great guy. He's, yeah, he's a good good friend of the show. So you know, yeah. it's funny. One of the um, one of the CDs I I uh, like you said I don't get you don't get an immediate reaction or immediate like yes this is my favorite uh, reaction right away. But one of the things that like just captivated me um, about this band um i don't know if you're well it's really more of a project but it's been going on for years um do you know who um arjun anthony lucasen is he's like a swede guy i think i do not jeff might nope even i don't yeah so the the project you work on is he he works on is it's called arion it's very much different than the kind of music we're talking about totally very creative yeah yeah, it's super super like experimental and like it's almost like you could consider it like a, a a uh, metal opera. It's very interesting. Okay. Um, but basically, they have a core group of musicians that they lay down the tracks with as, well, as core as they can be. You know, it's changed over the years a little bit. Um, but then he'll always have guest vocalists come in, and he'll have like 30 people sometimes guest vocal on this thing from like bands all over the world. It's really ridiculous. Really cool. And there'll always be um, concept albums. So there'll be stories that are like built oh. on. And my favorite one is. <laughs> yeah. Is uh, the human equation? I'm gonna have to check that out. I'm I'm a an, I'm obsessed with concept albums, so yeah. Dude, cool. so the very first one you should check out is Arion, the Human Equation, and just just watch it. Look at all the lyrics. You know, it, it, the story's not crazy thick, but it's just such it's such cool way to to tell a story. And I, I just I'm just I'm in love with that idea. Here, um, I'm gonna send you a link on the the chat here. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah, absolutely. Are you guys ready? Or you think we're warmed up? We can start uh, start the. Yeah, yeah. I thought you already had, but that's good. It's cool. Metalcore is interesting to me because it it 
it, I would just kind of start off on a limb here by saying that it it has always fascinated me, like the originations of it. And I think there are a few kind of seminal acts and in, in, in records that kind of were like the, the starting point for me anyway. And for what I think really where it kind of started to take shape and, and become become its own thing, separate enough from the, those other genres, like, you know, just being a hardcore band or just being, you know, a metal project. So, uh, and I'm talking like, you know, like Dead Guy, um, you know, obviously Converge, Coalesce. Oh, um, Dead Guy. Um, you know, they didn't last very long, but they were a big deal for a while. And then... Well, they died, right? <laughs> Right, yeah. It was a dead guy. I mean, come on. It's coming. I'm sorry. And if you think that Metalcore was shaped by dead guys, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. That is Jeff. This is Reed and Christian of Tetelestai. What's going on, guys? You said it right. I'm shocked. No one ever has before. Uh. Oh, that's my thing. When you're a vocal major and you have a diction book on your shelf, you have to say it right. It's not an option. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. Good job. Because, yeah, I have no idea what Trav said. I, I, I can't. I said, I sent him a message, a text of a, a phonetic breakdown. <laughs> well, the last time the last time Travis and I spoke, he did pronounce it correctly. So <laughs> I'm impressed. He did it. Yeah. Well, Elithian's his band, right? I saw you guys did a podcast. Yeah, with yeah, dude. I'm a huge fan of that band. That's how I that's how I know Travis is from that. Oh, cool. And the fact well, that we were in a crappy hardcore band years ago and we recorded an album at Travis's house. <laughs> no way, no way. Yeah. So small world. I love connecting like that. Absolutely. Connections of all over the place. But um... before we get into the glory that is metalcore, I want to take some time to say thank you to everyone for listening to this podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, you can find everything discography discussion at discussmetal.com. We are on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher. Tune in radio, so if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now we're going to tell you all about five-star reviews. Five-star reviews are the lifeblood of every podcast, and we greatly appreciate any feedback that you guys can give us. So if you want to leave us a five-star review on whichever platform you subscribe to, we greatly appreciate that. It lets us know how you feel. And if you don't think we deserve a five-star review, leave us the review you think we deserve, and we will read it on the show. In 2018, we became members of the Amazon Affiliates Program, so if you'd like to support this podcast and you're already shopping on Amazon, you can click any of the affiliate links below in the show notes. We link directly to the music that we talk about on every episode, so if you'd like an easy way to get to it and pick up a copy for yourself, please use the Amazon links below. It gives us a little bit of kickback. It does not change the price for you, and we greatly appreciate your support. Dan and I will be telling you all about Patreon later on in the show. Now it's time to talk about a new heavy and metalcore with Tetelestai. Sean Ingram has said that, like, uh, of Coalesce, he said that, like, he, when he first started doing hardcore vocals, he was trying to emulate the vocalist from Earth Crisis. Right, yeah. You know? And and so, and then I know that Zayo, too, another, what what people would consider, I saw you guys did a podcast on that, too, consider to be a, 
an early experimental metalcore-ish mm-hmm. band. But, you know, they even have said uh, that they took some of the kind of the weird guitar riff work, like attitudes from Earth Crisis yeah, and, and whatnot. So, you know, it's just kind of interesting to me to look at all the connections in, in kind of the derivatives of the original, so to speak. Like, um, I'm not saying that each band doesn't have their own thing, by the way. Uh, Coles definitely doesn't borrow from, you know, Earth Crisis, in my opinion. He doesn't even sound like him, but it was just funny to hear that he, you know, tried to sound like him. Well, but, it's weird too because, like, I consider bands like Earth Crisis to be metalcore, and it's it's weird because okay, so if, I mean, if you if you want to break everything down by like definition, um, like not to be like genre police or whatever, and like put a label no, on everything, but like well, as far as reference goes. Like, you know, band hardcore bands, like, to me, were essentially indistinguishable from punk bands. Like, you would just yell, you know, you'd yell your lyrics out as fast as you can, as quick as you could, and then you would just, like, you know, you'd go into this, like, punk rock thing. And so, like, bands like Earth Crisis and, like, Shy Halud and stuff like that, like, to me, like, I, I, I heard the metal influence in those bands with, like, the screaming and the... Um, you know, just like the heavy breakdowns and stuff like that. Like they were just basically borrowing thrash riffs, yeah, and putting them together. And like so, like it's and that's what Converge did by their own admission. If you don't mind me interjecting, no, you're fine. You know, um, Converge, like they're like, yeah, we just we're hardcore ki- hardcore kids that play Slayer riffs. Like, yep, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's another thing for me of like I've never really gravitated. Like usually people are one or the other. They're left or right. They're either Converge or they're coalesce or i suppose some are like oh i'm botch guy and, and like botch, those yeah. three kind of stand out to me i love all of those bands um but i don't love them all equally and i think that man speaking of man we need a we need a botch reunion they're like oh it'll never happen yeah it needs never to happen. happen like yeah they need to do a show or two don't you guys like making money like just make a few hundred bucks off t-shirts and call it call it a day you know like seriously yeah, like they on. could probably make five grand on a show absolutely like, because everyone would show up from all over the country. Yeah, I, I'd I'd fly out to see it for sure. I probably would have to. Because they broke up. They broke up before like I was into them. You know, I was I what was it like tenth grade when they broke up. You know. Yeah, it, and that, it's so funny too because like we're talking about like Converge and Botch and uh, Coalesce. You know, like th- those bands are great. But, like, it's so funny, like, coming from, like, a Christian background, like we were talking about earlier. I didn't hear, like, I heard a lot of the derivatives of those bands first. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm going with this. Like, in, in hoping to talk about, too, is, like, people are always like, oh, man, Norma Jean's first record is just totally a Coalesce ripoff. And I'm like, you know, I, I guess I could hear it in, a, in the vocal style, but it's not really, like, if you if you dig deeper into Norma Jean, like, and what the stuff that Josh Scoggin was into and, like, in in ludicrous like they were i would say it's more like i mean a, a few of the songs have some coalesce style riffs with the time signatures right but they're they're almost more like Wilhaven and like and not that they again this always comes with the asterisk of i'm not saying that they rip them off or like absolutely borrow sure um there are some later Norma Jean records that totally borrow from i want to say engineer or the minor times yeah I don't know if you well, ever heard that. Yeah, well, then there's Oh God, The Aftermath, which is... Um, a lot of people call it another botch record. It's basically botch, yeah. like yeah. <laughs> I mean, almost identical. Well, I, I think they did it by intention. You know, they went to the same producer, the same record engineer, Matt Bayless, you know. Yeah. 
did botch. And Tation's a good form of flattery. I'm sure they weren't going to yeah. complain too much. Yeah, and then that also brings people back. You know, it, it brings in a whole new group of people that have never heard botch. They actually get to go back and see where the influence is. That's kind of like a, a lot, a lot of like what we like to do on this is we like to talk about, you know, what you guys like. You know, so you guys, so people can hear you guys, but also hear where you know you guys are coming from our roots yeah well like i think it's funny because i have the like the botch live dvd that they released finally in like 2006 yep and like forever to release it but worth it but uh on it they actually make a comment in the commentary they're doing like they have the track where they're they're like talking over it you know mm-hmm. and they actually make a comment like oh sweet norma jean breakdown and everyone in the everyone <laughs> in the <laughs> saying it about their own music like yeah. <laughs> kind of digging Norma Jean for it but that's funny though I mean I've, I've seen the Norma, Norma Jean guy like Corey, Brand, Corey Brandon like sort of uh, defend the record saying no it wasn't you know and and I'm sure that every artist in that band I know Scotty like I'm sure he had a, his own ideas and, and Dave you know um, Daniel Davidson like had his own ideas you know and and it's nothing's absolute derivative nothing's an absolute copy but they definitely tried to like hearken that sound and i think they did it you know well it sounded unique for norma jean i mean it didn't sound anything like bless the martyr kiss the child did and um and i think they needed that like i mean you can say it's a ripoff you know however much you want that, that may be true it may not but the reality is is that was a really big record for norma jean because it was different and yeah, it was they wanted uh, to establish something different i think with yeah. uh with Corey as a new vocalist and um, I'm kind of at the point now when it's when I look at a band and there's no original members. I'm kind of like, is it time? Is it time? I don't. I'm not gonna say for sure, but like, I wonder. You know, it's like I don't know. Change well, the name of the band. Yeah. <laughs> well, because well, here's the, the way I, I look at it is like, you know, if you lose the majority, if not all, the original members, certainly the original members who are actually writing the music, then it's not that band anymore. Even if you. Even if you have people who fully believe in your vision, you've just made a movement or a statement as opposed to a band. Right. And well, that's how we feel about In Flames. Yeah. Well, and I agree. <laughs> I agree with that to a certain extent, but there are there are bands that did it right. And yes, like are. I would say like Zayo, like yep. you know, like Zayo yep. has no original members, but the Zayo that exists now is the Zayo that we all kind of remember and talk about. You know what I right. mean? Like, yeah. totally. Well, yeah, and that's, it's, a, it's, that's a counter argument to what we were kind of saying. We we're like, cause we're kind of 50, 50 about that. Like, it's like, um, you know, cause, <laughs> uh, sometimes to kind of, kind of circle back, like Sean and Cole S, he said that everyone like thinks about the drummer Cole S as being James Deweese. And like, really, like he said, Nathan, you know, junior has been the drummer longer than he ever was. So it's like, right. right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's probably just because James was the, you know, the drummer on their more recognized albums that it, you know, that were established as like, um, you know, like functioning and patience and you know, they were like legacy recordings. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like, uh, you know, like yeah. I mentioned Zayo earlier, everybody wants to talk about blood and fire, liberate and, um, even Sean Ingram said on uh, as the story grows, he's like, he's like, yeah, I know that guy Jesse, the drummer from Zayo, and he's like, he's like, dude, the guy Jeff that plays drums for Zayo has played lo- in the band longer than Jesse did, you know, yeah. like Jesse um, wasn't in it for very long, was he? Jesse was in it from the beginning. I mean, he he was on like Splinter Shards and All's Failed and everything, and he was with the band all the way up until they did their t- Funeral God record in two thousand four, but that was fourteen years ago, you know, yeah, like I liked that record. I liked that record. Um, 
back in the day and like literally when it came out i was listening to it yeah yeah steve me too. peck yeah Dude, <laughs> i have a kindred spirit <laughs> yeah he loves that drummer on that record is that the drummer yeah because it was phenomenal like yeah he yeah. took over for jesse during the writing or recording process depending on what part the dvd is talking about but he was only in the band for that one record that drummer was um we're, we're really huge Zayo nuts, by the way. I don't know. If well, the, well, the answer to that, that question but. is always going to be how long have the current members spent in the band? <laughs> you know, like Corey of Norma Jean's a prime example. He's I been in the band longer than Josh Scoggin, yeah. And yeah, I know people longer. still call him the new singer. It's like, guys, he's been in there forever. He really <laughs> shouldn't. He really shouldn't be called the new singer anymore. You know, sooner or later, you got to get the respect. But yeah. Um, uh, speaking of Jesse from Spitfire, he actually. <laughs> no, no, no. Jesse of Zayo, he uh-huh. actually was um, kind of a co-producer of the Spitfire record, Dead Next Door. Oh my god, dude, that record is Heavy. literally, literally in my top ten. Yeah, same here, and that's yeah. one of the reasons. Like, that's you know, for me, like, I know it's maybe a little bit. They they came out. Okay, that record was ninety nine, right? So they're a yeah. little bit like after Zayo and after you know coalesce but because matt by his own admission has told me he's like dude i was obsessed with coalesce back then like you know and so a lot of the riffs you hear um you know on that record are are very similar but they were definitely doing their own thing because i talked to him about it and he's like yeah it was like death metal blended with like kind of convergy like coalesce kind of vibe like you know and maybe even a little bit of cave-in which i don't really hear and i'm not really a fan of cave-in to be honest i don't know why people think that they're like a seminal act of that genre but yeah that's weird i like cave-in's later stuff i'm not hating on him by saying that i'm just saying that i don't hear it yeah no don't. i hate like the first couple cave-in records yeah like you said like they're really um they're good but they're not like influential or pioneering or really that different than what other bands that sounded like them were doing at the time yeah, and that's why I actually I actually when when K of M essentially went like pop rock, I actually liked yeah. that more because it was different. You know, <laughs> like um, I thought that that separated them from that scene. You know, well enough. But yeah, the early records are not like you know anything like super super special. Like not not compared to their contemporaries at the time. I, I, uh, fun fact too about Jesse. I just wanted to get this all out with the Spitfire record. Sure. Yeah. yeah, Go ahead. Our favorites. Um, you know, he was, he, I think he, they recorded with Steve Yvette. Maybe I'm saying his last name right, but, um, Matt told me, he's like, dude, I I was terrified. And it was like, I was afraid to make a mistake. It was awful. (laughs) Like, he hated the recording experience. Like, wow. Uh, he said it was terrible, but, They had um, so fun story. I think it's called the two forty eight lie. Yeah, the second track, and um, 
apparently Matt was like, I had no lyrics for it. So Jesse actually wrote the lyrics in the studio and gave it to him to scream. Well, that's cool. So fun story there. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I'm not for sure it's that song, but I think it is. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. Like, I mean, it, that, that, that's why you have people with you, you know, as support, you know, for stuff like that. And I know like at the time with like solid state, you know, like they kind of just, um, they kind of pushed you to just, to just put, to get the record out, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and it, you know, it seemed like they were trying really hard to get 10 songs too. Cause that last one is like DJ jazzy Steve, I think it's called. And yeah. like, and, uh, it's just them like doing this like portion of a breakdown and it's, it's actually, it's really funny. There's, um, like a, the first Spitfire release ever is straining towards what's to come. I think is what the EP is called. Yes. And, um, I think it's like the first song aborted, which they're actually playing the rest from that on DJ Jazzy Steve. Oh, that's funny. I, I I don't exactly know if that's the song, but it's off of that record, the stream towards what's to come. I'll have to listen to that because I've got that. I've actually got that uh, EP. Yeah. And um, I've also got the side sl- sideshow Whiplash. Um, yeah. I mean, I love everything Spitfire's done, even the older and the newer Spitfire. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Um, although it's kind of weird because, like, when they got, um, I'm trying to remember that guy's name that was the new singer of Spitfire. John. John. Yeah. Like, he, when like I got him. Scarlet? Yeah. And it basically just, be, Spitfire just basically became Scarlet. Took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, dude. Like, it was, and, and, but I liked Scarlet enough to be like, I'm okay with that. I'm not 100% comfortable with it being called Spitfire, but. I was never behind, like, their, their, any of their work, like, lyrics or meaning or, like, kind of the weird crap he would talk about and it's like all about cults and shit yeah like, it's just like what what are you talking about man like what are you trying to i, I never mind like, he's just trying know. to be edgy. he's just trying to no no, no i'm no, not no. gonna like he, insult the guy but he was I'm trying to be edgy i don't, you I don't know? vibe with what you're doing man like well it, there's a because like one of the things i like about hardcore and metalcore is like the passion yeah and so when you're writing lyrics like that where you're basically just trying to be like you're trying to get a reaction out of people yeah right. i don't know yeah, I see what you're saying, though. It's like they kind of became Scarlet 2.0, and like, you know, I think Scotty from Norma Jean was a part of the the self help record, I think, a little bit. Yeah, he was. Was he in the recording? He was on that record, yeah. Yeah. Just that one, though, not the one that came but, after, but yeah. yeah. He was a huge Spitfire, like, like, fan. Wanted to be in the band, like, from back in the, like, early days. Like, well, then Chris Rains from Spitfire went on and played with, um, yeah. Norman Jean. It's so cool. It's like a weird big family, like, you know. Yeah, it's a small world, man. Like, <laughs> we're all funny. connected in some way. You know, like, it's it's weird how that how, how all that stuff goes down, you know. All right, we're playing Six Degrees of Metalcore tonight. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, this is <laughs> early because cool, we haven't really, we, you know, we haven't really had a discussion on Metalcore yet. Like, not really. Like, me and, uh, me and Brandon Kellum from the band American Standards, we... We did an episode that was like all on like about solid state and tooth and nail bands, and like our history without with all that. But that's about as close as we ever got um, to talking about metalcore. And during that discussion, we weren't talking about Earth Crisis and botch and stuff. <laughs> so uh, this is really cool. Oh yeah, man, I love it. I love it. You guys are definitely kindred with uh, with all this because um, you know with like segueing with like uh, Matt from Spitfire. Like I've been friends with him since probably 2006. And I talk a little bit about it on the podcast with Trav, but, um, you know, we wanted to have these guest vocalists on our record that, um, you know, we weren't trying to emulate that that era or genre, uh, excuse me, that era exactly, like these guys, like 
Spitfire, Coles, you know. Um, but we definitely always, you know, we we felt like what we wrote, we spent a lot of time on it, and and what we have written, which isn't even out yet, you know, we got a, a full length we're setting on, ready to do it this spring. Nice. But um, the things we've written, you know, we would like to think they, they would sit alongside that those records on our shelf, so to speak. Yeah, and, no, I, and I think so too, and that that's. That's part of it. So I, I thought it was kind of funny that like your guys's tagline was a new heavy. You know, that's your website and you know yeah. kind of the phrase associated with the band. And uh, it's funny because like when I listened to the record, I liked it because it reminded me of those bands, but not like copycat. Like there's a difference between like reminded of and like oh this yeah. is, they they just went back to two thousand yes. and. 2000 the year 2000 or 1999 yeah, or something yeah. right yeah it wasn't well, like, like that at all but i get the same i get the same vibe like it's almost like it's almost like that was a really primal time for metalcore yep and when everybody was coming because the bands that came out generally back then didn't all sound the same you had bands that took a more chaotic route you had the bands that took the more metal route you had bands that yeah. just kind of added a whole bunch of different ingredients in you know to get where we got and it wasn't until like five or six years later that you know basically every you know you would take one band and everybody would be like that's the band we want to be like and that's why everybody hates metalcore that's why it became despised absolutely yeah, right. yeah i think it was probably like what 2006 it started happening like, oh no dude is at least as early as 2004 dude as yeah. soon as azalee dying hit the scene that was well, the beginning well, of classify the end, them as metal metalcore and i never have like number one i, I don't really like them and well I don't. yeah <laughs> i mean there's a lot of not, bad not, juju you know yeah, with that there's, fan, there's but, yeah. reasons <laughs> I, <laughs> i'm glad that they aren't they aren't anymore like they went on and did their own thing separate from the vocalist who's trying to i don't know yeah, yeah tim's trying to tim lambesis is trying to quote unquote get the band back together so we'll i hope that happens. never happens yeah i he can go ahead and do whatever he the hell he stayed wants out of that band and stayed in point of recognition anyway yeah um, he can do whatever he wants i just don't want him to use that name uh, it's not like I'm gonna listen to his stuff anyway because he's a yeah. disgusting human being. But yeah, it's, it's terrible. With, I mean, I don't even want to get into that. But yeah, we won't yeah. really. We, but, we, yeah. we won't. Yeah, we'll I mean, just yeah, we'll just leave it at like, that. But I was gonna say, I think it's kind of funny how we talk about how it ends up, you know, getting saturated and despised. And it's like you know, it's just like any other uh, genre because we've talked with uh, Josh Toomey quite a bit of the Talk To Me podcast about new metal in the same kind of curve <laughs> that, that, that it's, that's yeah. followed it. And I think, in, in, and now, you know, new metal starting, you know, starting to pop up again here and it there. Corn somehow has lasted through all of it. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, that's, that's because uh, dubstep. No. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Get out of my house. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. They partnered up with uh, Skrillex and I was like, okay, I see what you're doing. Yeah, oh, yeah, and Excision and a bunch of other dubstep people. That was it, actually the one discography we discussed where we actually skipped a record. You want to yeah. die today, don't you? Yeah, we oh. were like, they're all like, this is like, this is uh, this yeah. is a collaboration between Korn and Skrillex. Okay, so next album, you know, like yeah, that was. There's a, a reason yeah. why. There's a reason like, why hey, I wasn't on that one. <laughs> we want to we want to appeal to the current generation. Okay, my yep. my kid, my well, my youngest kid is obsessed with dubstep. So. Uh, hey, throwing hey, stuff. He's throwing bottles. Yeah, <laughs> hey, you know what? Let me put it this way: if your if your kid is obsessed with dubstep or One Direction, Dan, 
rather choose. <laughs> I can't get out. I'm trapped behind all this equipment. Because uh, yeah, I, I, I would choose that my I would choose that my my kid would be obsessed with dubstep than One Direction. That's just kind of how I look at it. Like honestly, like what they need to understand is that, in my opinion, like why are we talking about dubstep? <laughs> <laughs> Get off my lawn. That's, that's, that's what this is starting to turn oh, into. I was just yeah. going to say, like, uh, he did something brilliant, and it, all he did was take breakdowns and apply them to electronic music. Yeah. Right. The Absolutely. first time I heard it, I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah. And it's it's not like I'm discrediting him for it. I'm saying, good job. You did something sooner yeah. before someone else did it. Right. The first time I saw a chaos pad, I said, that needs to be attached to a guitar right now and put in Tom Morello's hands. Ugh. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. And then everybody started doing that thing. And I just said, okay, well, clearly Tom Morello doesn't need it because he's the original hip hop guitarist. Yeah, dude. Wow. He did so many creative things. Yeah, I love Rage against the machine and um not really so much following like the newer stuff they're doing but with profits of rage and whatnot yeah right but yeah the, their eponymous release is in my top five all time it's which one is it the first the the yeah. self-titled self-titled sorry yeah. oh yeah <laughs> remember eponymous jeff there's a rule about you I saying the word eponymous the all says. right i i'm not allowed to i'm not allowed to say that word <laughs> Put the dictionary away, dude. Wow. <laughs> it's like so. Like just to give a little bit of background on like where we're coming from. So like I'm, I'm yep. kind of the metalcore. Like I'm the guy that calls all the Christian bands, and I'm like the metalcore, death metal, thrash metal guy from for the, of the podcast. Sweet. Jeff is the like European metal, you know, like folk metal, progressive metal. Power oh, metal. About yeah. Yeah, like yeah. Jeff's I, very like he's he's I had he's a, cultured. I, yeah, do, well, I no, to, it, do I need to say yeah, it? Yeah, raise no. your hand again, remind me. Names. <laughs> I'm Jeff. Yeah, I, I had a classical background. I I played the violin, viola, and cello before I picked up uh You a are bass. now entering Jeffrey's atmosphere. Yeah, so I mean I I like having, you know, a, a little bit more volume on a lot of layers and uh mm. Th- that it, it's it's a lot more acceptable in in European and actually Australian metal as well. I, uh, I'm gonna throw. Oh, you should finish. Sorry, I'm not trying to. No, 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 no. I'm 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 good. Okay, well, I was just gonna throw this at you because you're you're. Um, there's something, and we have, might have a connection point on here. Um, one of one of my probably my number two favorite band of all time is Woven Hand. Nice. Do you know them? Oh yes, I do. I figured you did when you mentioned the, the European stuff and and just the Gothic. Um, I can't remember the other words you used, but I, I immediately knew like, okay, you're gonna dig them. <laughs> and, yeah, they're they're one of my uh, flying buttresses. What? <laughs> flying buttresses. The there you go. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I'm gonna bring out a classic, Dan Nordic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. This is the part where we throw in some music. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, brought to you by, yeah. Uh, so, open hand, don't mean, don't mean. All right. Um, and then Joe, uh, Joe's kind of a, a combination of both of us in the sense that he kind of just like, if it's good, I like it. If it's not good, I'm gonna shit on it. You know, like it's uh, pretty clear cut. So he's kind of the most balanced out Tell of all. Tell me how of us. I really feel. Right. Are you guys? So, so we're like. 28 and 32 that's our ages so yeah. where are you guys you're at right now? in our range yeah. except for jeff he's the old guy yeah i'm the, the old fart yeah jeff's like 67 
played violin. Yeah. Yeah, mostly mostly cello and viola, but yeah, some violin as it's well. Actually impressive, man. Yeah. My wife does that. She's a classically trained uh, musician as well. I, I actually said for years that cello is my top one of my top five favorite instruments. I think it goes um, I think it goes, if I remember correctly, bassoon and then oboe, French horn cello and then the grand piano drums isn't even top 10 that's very impressive <laughs> which this impressive guy is list. uh uh you know i'm an prodigy. percussionist so when is the bassoon showing up on the next record yeah yeah it's all over the self-titled right that we haven't heard yet yeah christian is a drum aficionado there we yeah, go yeah. dictionary put it away nice yeah um <laughs> I, uh, I, basically, all I know is what I learned in, in taught himself. Yeah, that's actually true. I'm, I'm a self-taught. I'm gonna self-taught I'm gonna have member. to do all the talking for him, and in, in yeah. that I'm talking him up. Nice. It's really, really bad to talk good about yourself. Yeah. Right. I don't know why it is. Yeah, I've been I'm, trying to tell Dan that for a long time, but it just hasn't worked. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Jeff. I'm great. Anyway, uh, I'm hot stuff because I sang for a band once. But yeah, so like, you know. Same. Singing. Yep, singing. Yeah. But uh if you call that singing, it yeah. wasn't singing. It wasn't singing. Well but, it used but to it be. Was, but it was good. It I was could tell right. you some stories and play you some clips. Yeah. It's alright. Anyway. I don't even know where we left off. Oh, it's, uh, talking about singing and metalcore. No, we weren't. Oh gosh, oh, let's I, do I, it. I've been trying to get uh singing has d- no Dan, place in metalcore. Right? Well not singing, but yeah. Okay. I've metalcore singing. Okay. I've been I've been trying to get Dan to uh send in a demo to invent animate because they're looking for a new lead vocalist. You don't have time for that shit. I've got three kids and a job that I work 60 hour weeks at. Like, no way. Make Where it work. work. Just real quick. Oh, I work uh, I work for which is a dialysis company. Um, oh, awesome. Cool. Yeah, I'm a biomedical technician, so I repair all the dialysis machines and Dang, dude. keep the water pure. And, like, I'm on call right now. Like, I could get called, like, any minute. And, they can, and you have to go. See you right. later. I would have just Skyped in on the way. I was like, okay, guys, uh, <laughs> show continue. Oh, no, there's ice. Let's keep going. Dude, <laughs> I remember, I remember like, emailing people, like, dude, I know we had an episode tonight. I'm so sorry, but we can't do it. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. There's blood everywhere. Yeah, Thanks, people, are, people are literally dying in the streets, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but. <laughs> yeah. The show goes on. Right. This is a podcast. It's you know, more important than cokes. that. Yeah. You need to crack some cokes. Yeah. Go get some cokes. All right. What do you want? Yeah. Just you just want a regular one? Yeah. We have an old one too, right? Yeah. Oh, so you getting that? drinks? No. That's right. you. Oh, Jeff. Jeff, can you get us more beers? <laughs> yep. Beer All me. Right. Cool. Elysian for both. Yeah. Sure. If there's any, if, if there's only, any. if there's only one Elysian left, give it to me and not Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Joe gets the steel reserve. <laughs> yeah, dude. You didn't want the vanilla one? I couldn't find any. Well, it's upstairs in the fridge. Oh, you have vanilla <laughs> Cokes. That's awesome. I'm, I'm going to get We're, one. He yeah. Didn't, he didn't tell me where it was. I didn't ask. We're both wrong. So how is how's the weather up there? Oh, it's bad. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> we just got like, we got snow and then we got snow on top of snow. I always just assumed it was like always like 400 inches of snow year round. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not North Dakota and Minnesota. Right. Once you get up there, man, it's like minus 50 and like. It's practically Canada. <laughs> well, we're um, in St. Louis, so like you never know what the weather's going to be like from day to day. <laughs> yeah, like a few days ago it was 66 degrees, and now we're supposed to get like a quarter inch of ice tonight. So yeah. you never know what the hell's going to happen. And then Sunday it's going to be 60 okay. again because it's Missouri, and we decided it's spring. Right. Dude, I like Missouri. I really do. I, my, my in-laws live there, and the taxes are great, and those are two separate thoughts. But You're right on both counts. We're at Missouri. Yeah. Oh, um... I actually don't know the name of the place, but because they're in the country, you get their exact but address. What I'm getting at, <laughs> you guys, you guys, 
when you okay i drove across the state of missouri to st louis multiple times and traffic sucks yeah yeah it does it that way like that (laughs) there's like people going like way too fast and then they're like Swerving lanes, and then there's people going way, way too, too slow. slow. Well, yeah, dude, oh, we got God, podcasts to do. We got to get you guys you know. to this, or are you just used to it. Here's the thing about St. Louis traffic: we have an interstate highway that runs east to west that we call 270 that comes from Illinois and goes all the way over yep. to right. what Jeff, Kansas City, and yep. beyond. That's that's 70, not 270. Okay, but they they merge at one point. So here's the thing. You've got six lanes of traffic in certain areas. The limit is 60. So everybody has way too many options. They're right. trying to yeah. get off. They're trying to get on the highway. They're trying to get all the way to the left because they want to get around my ass because I'm doing the fucking speed limit. <laughs> and they're trying to do 80, but there's a cop in front of them. So then they're doing 70 and then they slam <laughs> on their brakes. And I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking, guys, if you're not going. To the next state over, just stay where you are. You're going to get off in a mile anyway, and then they come whipping across four lanes of traffic. I don't get stressed driving in any condition of weather because I was a farm kid and I started driving at age eight, and nothing bothers me. And that's not the only reason, but you know, whatever. I just I'm a careful driver, <laughs> no accidents on my record, whatever. Right, right. And I want to say I've driven in like fog where you can't see in the middle of the night all night. You know, went and played Cornerstone once, like ten years ago. Nice. Been there, done that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, it was crazy. We were listening to see Ross, and it was like a cinema like experience, but it was terrible. Right. Because it was like foggy and it was crazy. But like driving to, in St. Louis, man, like that legitimately stressed me out. Yeah, it's really. <laughs> we're all lucky to be alive. I mean, I'm not like, going north or yeah. south. We're fine. It's for some reason that when we turn towards the sun. We lose our goddamn minds. Oh, yeah. Accurate. 100% accurate. Yeah. It's, like, that's I mean, fair. I've done it a few times. Like, I've I've been on tour. I've driven in, like, a 15-passenger van with a trailer on it and, and had a parallel park in Chicago Jeez. And during rush hour. And I've driven, you know, big cities. That didn't stress me out. Driving in St. Louis with a four-door car stressed me out. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the road rage hey, here. I'm cool. Yeah, by the way, I was just going to say, you can cut this whole part about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. I'm the one that brought it up. And Absolutely said, not. This is going in right in the middle of the fucking show. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. 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 it would be so boring. No one's going to hear our music. You should chop this up into, like, weird segments. Like, this whole section just like, it's in the middle of nowhere. Like, we're talking about podcasts. Come on. Glad you cut it up. The Tatalist Time Mega Podcast. Yes. I think yes, the longest yes. podcast we did was three and a half hours. That was was that the Travis? That, the no, Scott? that was with Scott Mellinger from Zayo. Oh yeah, was, and uh, that was my fault. Yeah, we went on and <laughs> that on. Was so I, my it fault. was your it was your fault because <laughs> Tell we us had about that Jeff. We had Scott back. We had Scott back on just a couple weeks ago to talk about Carcass, and Jeff couldn't make it, and it was like what an hour and <laughs> five minutes or you know. Yep. He was having one of those, oh my yeah. god, do you know who you are moments. But um, No, actually it was my parents' fault. They bought me a growler before that show. Yeah. That was bad. Way to show up at your second job drunk, Jeff. <laughs> uh, it's the only time I've done it, and I've never done it since, and yeah. it'll never happen again. Well, to bring it back to Metalcore, which is... Yeah, you take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is only number two. That's <laughs> uh, yeah, fine. Woohoo! No. <laughs> we just sit here and drink 8% beer. Hey, Dan, and- do you need a poll? Here you go. Reel yeah. it in. No, it's fine. So uh, back back on metalcore, um, what I thought was really cool um, to talk about your guys's record. Um, number one, I could see through it, which is really cool. Yeah, and uh, 
I really enjoyed track three, which I think was uh, preeminence. Is that right? Yeah, preeminence okay. of. Yep. Yeah, preeminence of. That's right with DJ, and uh, that was uh, that's probably my favorite song on the on the record um, because it's just like that's not, not to sound like a meathead or whatever, but it's just so heavy. Um, yeah. Towards the end, like I mean, I, it's literally like being crushed by a boulder, you know. Um, yes. Yeah, like, it really is. Like it's you know. So I guess if I was like Satan, I'd be cr- anyway. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> DJ sounds great on yeah, that. I, by the way, DJ does sound amazing on that. So if you if you guys can get him to we're talking about Satan here for a second, I'm yeah. like, yeah, we can we can continue to we'll you know, kill him. Yeah, crush. we'll go ahead and continue to crush Satan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is uh, uh, album title there. Yeah, right. right yeah. Which was a really bold choice, I have to say. Like it's been it's been a decade and a half at least since I bought something called like Crush Satan. You know what I mean? Like not like there's other yep. stuff out there that's called that, but like what I mean is just like that the mindset, uh, right. which was really intriguing. And again, it kind of it kind of was like that warm fuzzy feeling. Um, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, and don't misinterpret me. There's nothing warm or fuzzy on the record, you know. But yeah. <laughs> like. It was nostalgic for you, which is cool because it really was. Like it reminded me, like of the first time I heard "Living Sacrifice" or, uh, or you know, stuff like uh, stuff like Spitfire, and you know, I mean, even even like Norma Jean's first record. I mean, I'm because like I got into that stuff, and then I, what I did is I went back and I backtracked. Yeah, and I found all the stuff that had led up to that, but yeah. because you know, you went derivative, and then you went backwards. Yeah, right. So like back in the like like back then you know i was kind of only allowed to listen to christian music or i i chose only to listen to christian music uh because of where i was at at the time and so like a lot of the bands it's so funny because everybody talks about like earth crisis and like stuff like shy halud and even coalesce you know and like bands like that and converge but like for me whenever i go back and i think about hardcore i'm pulling out like focused and strong arm and you know nice. like stuff like that um which overcome. you know, overcome oh yeah dude like for real uh unashamed you know like, like overcome a lot yeah yeah like i mean it, it oh, overcome just got better and better man like yeah, I, I really can hear even them influencing spitfire a little bit just a little bit yeah, and I considered those bands metalcore. It's just that like they were yeah. like they were Definitely. like they mixed thrash riffs with hardcore music. And then but like the bands that like we're talking about, like the more, you know, like the heavier bands, they were mixing death metal riffs with yes. um with with hardcore. So like you know, that, like, like that's well, the big it, difference. They did it before it was cool. Like that whole like that's one of some of my favorite riffs, you know, the, like breaking the breakdowns on the Spitfire record. Like Matt was like, Yeah, man, we were like mixing in like death metal and that, like yeah. a lot of really living sacrifice, you know? Mm-hmm. And and whatnot. So so we kinda actually um I keep going in circles about this, but we brainstormed, me and Matt were on the phone and we're like, Man, we got Sean, we got you on it, and I'm like I'm just, you know, Bruce um, couldn't do it. He was too busy. And right, he's a busy guy. I actually yeah. kind of got the idea to have him on there because, number one, I love his vocals. Number two, I saw that he had done Tony Danza. Um, yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was on that. Yeah. Tony Danza ever, like the one that he did on the Boogaloo 2, uh, second record or whatever. Electric Boo. I think it was. Um, you guys talked about that. But it was the yeah, Boogaloo, I was totally yeah. totally bummed that I missed that because that was actually um, that's before you were on the show, Joe. No, it was in between. That was right after the death episode with Travis. That's right. We were we had a host before, and then he couldn't do it anymore, so we had this like weird transitionary period. 
And I was like, man. Were you pretended he died because I said it was a death episode? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, we talked about the band Death with uh, Travis from As the Story Grows. Oh, okay. And we didn't really, <laughs> and we didn't really talk death? about death. We talked about like Alethean and else. like, yeah. Like anything I could come up with it, at the time. And when he says we, he means himself and Travis. Well, that was the Joe first time. I sat there with our thumbs up our asses. That was the first time me and Travis had actually spoken. In like 10 years. In like 10 years, yeah. It was so like, like, it was like, like two like people from high school that great. were best friends yeah. in high school and saw each other again it, for the first time. It. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it, it was. It was actually, a, it was fun to be a fly on the wall. Yeah. Everyone died. In the aftermath, there were no survivors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, anyway. So <laughs> we, uh. I'm going to send you something that a friend made about a decade ago. It's called There Were No Survivors. And you guys are going to watch it, and you're going to enjoy it. I promise. Well, and what, right. <laughs> what, he's, what he's referencing is a, uh, well, our band, uh, Into Destiny. Dan, the joke's uh, not funny if you explain it. You know I'm going to explain right? it. No, I don't care. <laughs> hey, you're the editor. You can Please cut it out do. of the show if you don't like it. But, but uh, no, we basically, I was in, we were in a band called Into Destiny, and we had this song called... Uh, the day the world fell down at the beginning of that song i literally just scream everyone died in the aftermath there was no survivors which is like terrible <laughs> which is like terrible lyrics because like if everyone died in the aftermath that heavily implies that there were no, no survivors fun. i don't have to say it like artistically it is not necessary for me to say that next line um, everyone's dead they're dead right yeah dead buried the end <laughs> but uh it was really cool at the time because oh my god we were in a band but yeah like um oh my god he's gonna play it now on the oh, can you no. guys see what i'm sending you <laughs> i'm looking at it no you guys have to watch it in silence though we can't you can't be distracted the All audio right. matters it's all right really... i'm watching it okay we'll watch these, it later these guys made this before youtube was a thing like yeah anyway <laughs> um okay so let's talk about um we kind of started to touch on it like singing in metalcore and for me that's where di di like the great fork in the road happens um you think so uh, for me i don't like my metalcore to have singing okay i'm kind of on the same page with yeah that, see that. this is where i'm like, not totally like, against it but like for me like metalcore is the bad word metallic hardcore is what i like well, Metallic well, Hardcore the was the original the term. Thing, but I have my own definition, and that's my, my way of doing it. Well, that it. was the original term, Metallic Hardcore. I get you. You're like, 100%. You know, Metalcore is like when you start adding synths, and you start singing, and you mix in, you know, a little bit of uh, <laughs> post-hardcore, you know, and it's like, I don't know. That, for me, is... A different genre, I guess. Like you know, the Devil Wears, excuse me, Devil Wears Prada and uh, Under Oath, which again, like derivative. But yeah, I don't <laughs> mind. I don't mind the you we know just did the, an Under Oath episode. The the whole dichotomy. I I kind of like the uh, beauty and brutality all wrapped up in one pretty bow package. You know, that's just kind of. But that's me. I, I I like having the ebb and flow in. Uh, there's a. <laughs> contortionist reference but yeah we that's that's just what I, that's just what i like dan's more like let me kick your ass and be in your face for the entire album yeah and that you know and and i can understand both like just for me it feels like such different this feels like a different genre i guess is is for me i think and maybe it's my starting point when i got into it you know like um um all the bands I was going to see a weekly basis, like, um, 
you know, they were all basically like that. Like there was no singing involved. Like it was just all heavy, 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 super pissed. And yeah, well, that's probably because you know, I I came more from like a power. I, I like a lot of back in the day. I liked a lot of power metal. Oh, yeah, wow. so, so like operatic singing over like really yeah, fast riffs. Yeah, so I mean, so the clean singing in metal for me was, you know, it just you know it was second nature. It wasn't that big of a deal for me. So you know, whenever I came across metalcore, because uh, actually I didn't really, I didn't get much into metalcore until I don't know, two thousand, two thousand one, somewhere in there. So I guess I was getting to the party a little later than than most were. That's about when I got to the party. Yeah, well, for my age. But yeah, I mean, you're like yeah. in your 60s, so. Yeah, yeah, I'm in my 60s, so. <laughs> What's funny about this whole conversation is that when you hear, especially nowadays, when you hear this type of genre with the singing, uh, if you listen to the song as a whole, there's actually some pretty basic formula behind it for almost all of it. And it's, um, it's a grungy part at the beginning where the parts aren't very interesting to listen to, but you can tell that it's uh, like hardcore-ish because yeah. it's played down tune and slightly down tempo, right? That's like that's kind of like the basic yeah. form. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, it becomes melodic and beautiful and full out of nowhere. So I think a, a band that has a better formula than that is Extol. I don't know if you've ever heard them. Oh, oh yeah, we have. Extol. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So I, I listened to them for the first time, I think, like, gosh, five years ago, six years ago. Wow. And I was like, I was blown away. I had no idea that there was music like this because their melodies that they write, it's very, like, interesting, interwoven. And then all of a sudden it just goes back to, like, you know, like the, the melodic parts basically go from vocals to guitars. Like, they, they split who bears the load of, of driving the melody, whereas, like, no, I love that band. I think me too. It's fantastic. Yeah, and so to me, like that's a prime example of a band that I believe could literally go to any uh, metal show anywhere and, and fit in. Yeah, it's a shame they didn't get any further than they did. I mean, they were just phenomenal. I mean, their Undeceived record, dude, is like is like a perfect record. Yeah, um, and I don't say that. I don't throw that term out very often. Um, they just did another record. I know, and it's great. I've got the vinyl for it. Like I'm, I'm big. I've become a huge vinyl junkie over the past five years. So like, right. glad we did this. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, I'm really, I'm really, and like I loved their new album. It was uh, progressive, had tons of singing on it. I did not care. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's where I'm at with that. Like for me, like they're definitely a different breed of, of metal. Well, like, you guys heard not- Flesh Killer? Yeah, man. It's yeah. like a member or two of uh Extol. Yeah, well it's uh yeah, it's the guy that kind of wrote a lot of the guitar stuff for Extol. And right, yeah, uh, I really so, dig it. Yeah, and it's it's it, the Flesh Killer release to me it like really sounds like an Extol record, you know. Yeah. And Absolutely. What we really need Dude. to do then is uh actually at some point in the future we need to do an episode about uh about Extol. We'll 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 uh, hook up and do another yeah. one. All right, we're adding that to the calendar yeah. today. Yeah, I love that band. Um, <laughs> I could talk about them for hours. Cool, but, man. You, you're gonna you're gonna school me on that because they're not my. Oh yeah. Not, like I don't know everything about them per se, but well, uh, you you will when we do the episode. <laughs> <laughs> don't you? That's why we exist. Uh, you know. Speaking to, of like <laughs> previous bands like that, like man, do you guys ever get into the famine? Famine was amazing. Um, I absolutely loved their. Talk um, about a no clean singing. 
like yeah. like just guttural. I mean, just see what dudes. Yeah, yeah, dude. I Mentality, mean, man. well, do you, do you like? Uh, did you like embodiment? Yeah, all, yeah. Like embrace I, the I, eternal. I didn't really like get into that. Like, I didn't really check that band out. To be honest with you, I kind of just breezed over it. You need to listen um, to Embrace the Eternal. Not until I actually like got into the famine. Like, I was in the, into the famine from the very beginning. Like, when they like did their demos, and then you know, and then did the the full length, the Raven and the Reaping. I didn't really like their final record, but it's because that they changed they the vocalist, and I really liked the vocalist on the first one. Yeah, Chris McCadden, I think, was his name, and he was he was a solid dude, and he had a, he, it, content was great. But the content on the second one was just like like really just it kind of fell out, the bottom fell out, and and it really changed their their DNA. Well, they were like competing philosophies. Like each vocalist had totally different worldviews, and it showed exactly, exactly it showed, and I think that's a huge mistake. And I'm I'm actually occasional you know occasionally chat with the drummer uh mark Mark yeah so cool and i asked him once i said speaking of uh, that record the raven and the reaping i'm like dude the drums sound perfect (laughs) the drums sound perfect that guy is a beast man and i asked him i'm like did you 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 guys sample any of those did you do any of that because i i was just wanting to know he probably got pissed off when you said that no i (laughs) no i wasn't accusing him of that i knew he played it all because i'd seen him do it live and that definitely, you know, he was like, no, none of it's sampled. It's all live recording. There's no layers of samples or anything. And I was so impressed by that because I've never heard that record to me is like, if you want to point to a live recording of drums, aside from our own, of course, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, uh, no, like that to me is what I'd point to be like, that is how to make drums sound good when you record them for real. Yeah, he's a beast. And, like, it's weird, too, because until we started this whole, like, anal- analyze- analyzation of, like, Please, anal- God, say that again. <laughs> Start that over, again. for God's sake. Analyzation. <laughs> huh. Analyzing hey, Dan, of records. Uh, rewind. Analyzing of records. You want to say that whole thing again, please? Analyzing of records. No, the whole thing, not go. just the word. Not anal, but analyzing. Jesus. Okay. Um. Well... Before we started the whole analyzation of records with what we do on the podcast, is that I didn't realize how many people weren't actually playing their parts. Oh, gosh. I had no idea. Like, it was really just like I was a music fan. I never paid attention to it. And it's weird because, like, when we recorded our album, if somebody had tried telling us, like, hey, we can just, like... We could just set up a drum track, you know what I mean? Or like, you know, yeah, we can yeah. we can a just program base. Yeah, yeah. Or like, yeah, like, and we'll just we'll just uh, we'll just sample, you know, all the snare hits and stuff. Like, I definitely would have like felt like a feeling of revulsion. Like, well, it's not really us playing, so I'm not, not really, really comfortable yeah. with it, you know. But like, it's weird to me because I just figured that nobody did that, and apparently, like, everybody does that. Well, yeah. and they have all these guys that are like teaching people how to record, like hardcore mixing and whatnot, and they're really, really nice dudes, really skilled at what they do. But the one di- disagreement that I have with them is that they're always teaching people like how to do things like that, like oh, here's how you program bass, and here's how you get a, a great synthetic low end. And I'm like, oh man, I hate that. I don't know why I hate that. I think I'm just a purist. And it's like you know, music wanna... played by human beings. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and I. I well, because here, here's the, I mean, again, we all know this because we all believe in the same thing about, you know, the the fundamentals of music is that it was made by people. 
so when you you take the humanity yeah you take the so the great thing about people is that they have slight imperfections in the way they play things so like you know even just like a basic e chord on an acoustic guitar you ask an acoustic guitar player who's been playing for 35 40 years and is a accomplished professional musician you ask him to play that uh, at the exact same level and intensity for even a minute straight he can't do it you'll see imperfections in the lines but you don't tell a story by saying the same thing the same way for a minute straight you know you can literally have a guy play two chords back to back and keep repeating that and it can tell a story it can take you places with dynamics with making an arpeggio with playing you know with your fingers and then you know it's just so you can emphasize and, and replicate all you want on with the machine but at the end of the day you can i can always tell because I know what it takes to actually produce and lay down those types of very specific and little incremental changes in order to, to make it real, in order to convey the emotion, in order to, to make the idea come across. And so that's why, you know, I've got two brother-in-laws whom I love very much, but they listen to music that's almost, you know, 60 to 75% synthesized and... and not, that's not all they listen to. But <coughs> I was yeah, quite a few. <laughs> and so I'm like, how do you how do you read a response? How do you get a story from this? And I look at it, and the answer is simple. They have a very talented vocalist who had who is good at writing lyrics. So now, this is why we I think this is why I believe we called ourselves you know a new heavier. It's kind of our mantra is because. We kind of want to take back of some of the responsibility of instrumentation of telling some of the story because now it's basically a lead man with with some with pen with taking pen to paper and writing a story out or writing his thoughts out, and the the music is there just to support him, and you know basically hit spacebar and he can just do a one man show. And to me, I'm like that takes away all responsibility as a musician to perform what you believe consistently all the time so that's that's the only gripe i have against electronic music is that you're like you know synthesizing what you mean like, or yeah synthesizing well, you know like yes programming all that stuff yeah like, like i love what it helps you do i don't like that it takes away guitars. your job yeah that's the yeah only, no i feel you, you know? and like i think there's a lot of drummers out there that'll come in and you know because i think drums it's like the biggest offender absolutely you know for because the past like, 15 years because absolutely. like extreme extreme metal is so like always demanding of more extremity, you know. It's like working a, it's like working a sales job. You yes, know what I mean? Like right. you sell, you sell, you know, some insane amount of product one day, and then you come in the next day, and then that's the expectation for that day. I've done it, and it sucked. Yeah, it, but like, it's the same thing with like extremity and heaviness. Like we as the fans are always like, you know, God, it's just so brutal. It just gets so heavy. No, you know, their next one's gonna be even heavier. You know, Let's get more. Yeah. yeah. Home recording drove that whole thing yeah. to a certain yeah. extent because for years it was very difficult to make a high quality recording at home just because of the cost. Right. And as time went on, it became very obvious that whoever was developing the home recording software and the home recording plugins, the home recording features that we were able, they were primarily, they somebody figured out it's really easy to make the guitar sound good because that's only one microphone. It's really easy to make the bass sound good. It's really easy to make the voice sound good. And then 
it got really easy to program high quality sounding drums. And a whole lot of home recording engineers and songwriters woke up and said, I can actually make something that sounds really good. And then that whole mid-2000s, mid-to-late 2000s and early teens thing happened where it already sounded fake, so everybody just kind of went with it. Dude, that's where, yeah, that's where the diversion, you know, pass happened for me. It's yep. like, I'm okay with layering it. Like, if, yep. if, that's fine, but it has to have some realness in the foundation, if you ask me. Yep. And realistically, it only recently got to the point where you could do drums in a home environment and make them sound very well it took a while for everybody to figure out how to actually do that now yeah. that we can do that do that yeah well in, in the dynamics if, as long as you have a, a good electronic drum kit or a um you record the actual um the microphone and then do a, a sample layer on top of it like you, you can capture the dynamics now and and i think the reason that you know, a lot of companies are profiting and in, in doing so well with the uh, like the drum. Like Kurt, but Kurt Ballou just came out with one um, for drums, where you can make it sound just like you know his studio, which is a lot of the reason people go to him. You just connect it to an electronic drum kit. And it's pretty crazy. I don't have it yet, but I want to check that out at some point. Well, one of my uh, favorite plugins that I never got to make a record with was BFD. Just big fucking drums. It was one of the first really popular sampled studios where they had to record they had microphones all over the place and you actually had the reverb sound of the room and you could mix that how you wanted yeah. and i remember watching a demo that somebody did where they had mapped their drum recordings out to midi triggers <laughs> they were using bfd to trigger the reverb sound and they made this giant drum sound out of it yeah and i thought totally this is amazing that you can do this at home Right, but somebody skipped that and went straight to the. These are the drum samples that were Let's preloaded with Easy yeah. Drummer. Let's just do this. This is yeah. easier. Yeah, but can your drummer actually play it in a show? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Definitely. <laughs> I, definitely. I think that puts the cap on it, man. Yep. Well, and I've seen it too. Like a lot of bands, I'll listen to their record and I'll be like, "This is pretty damn good." And then like, I'll go see them live, and it's like the drummer's playing like halftime. Yep. Oh, on everything because they figured that the average music fan isn't looking for that that's right it's like well and you that, guys are wrong because yeah. uh, I've got a very discerning ear you know but yeah. uh, but you know people notice stuff my like that my name's Joe I'm Dan's discerning ear right like people <laughs> people notice things like that and it's it is really sad and I'm not going to sit there and shit on it too much more but like it's it's sad that like we have music that like is an ideal scenario and like yeah. I don't hold it against anybody for wanting the record to sound as good as it can possibly sound. Oh yeah, it's just when it sounds like perfect is the problem. Right, because when it sounds perfect, because like what we like in music is the imperfection. You got yes. that right. That's what the ear likes. A hundred percent. It's the odd and even harmonics, dude. Right, because if it all sounds too good, then you're gonna reach a point where it just it just goes into your head and go, goes in one ear and goes out the other and it's just noise that you're yeah, hearing it becomes it becomes sterile yeah so the question is I'm, i i have a sneaking suspicion that in most instances it's not the band that is wanting that sound it's you know the the label and the record producers that are looking for sure the you know the the perfect you know well the perfection essentially in what what is good for radio play 
you yeah. know, and, and things of that nature, even if it is metal, because, you know, there's plenty of places like, say, like Phoenix, where metal's got a really thriving scene, and there's actual, you know, stations that play it regularly. Also, that imperfection I was talking about, though, like, like that's, to me, that's why Converge is good. Like, like yeah. the first yep. time, the first time I heard um, Petitioning the Empty Sky... Dude, I about shit myself because, like, it was... And I heard it years later, like, after it wasn't, like, a big deal anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I remember hearing that and just being like, well, it doesn't sound great, but that's what I love about it because there's literally just so much... There's so much, like, extremity and so much humanity to it. Because, yeah, like, the like the, the, human, the human eye and the human ear is really good at determining fakeness. You, you got yes. that right. Well, that's so. I talk about this all the time. I was by no means like any sort of psychology major, but um, you know, I I love to look at the the human mind and perspective and kind of how we how we perceive the world. And that's when I learned about the Uncanny Valley, the terrifying Uncanny um, Valley. Right. And so, for people don't know, it's a real quick thing. It's why you don't like masks or clowns or mannequins is because you can tell it's trying to be human, but it's not quite there. And so you see the 98% truth and you dismiss it 100% wholesale, but you can't because it's still right there. So it's not like if someone held a piece of paper and was like, this is a frog. And you're like, no. And you move on. But if you hold up a paper mache frog and from a distance, you're like, this is a frog. You're like, oh, maybe. And then you get close. You're just like, that's not a frog. But the fact that you feel like you got lied to for even a second puts you at on edge. It puts you at fear. And or just at least the, the stomach turn. Like. At, at least, at least the stomach turn. It, it is almost a feeling of apprehension, and I believe it's there's disgusting. such things as as audio um, on Kenny Valley. Is you really? You I'm know? not gonna name any names, but I definitely have it. I've watched like YouTubers that have their own music and they release it, and I'm, and me and Christian like sit there and listen. I'm like, we sound like really negative guys. We're super not negative. No, it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> I am so you know. <laughs> no, we're definitely positive about most things, and, and we're not dumping on anybody. It's just why I'm not dropping names, but um, Frank. But yeah, Frank. So Damn it, Frank. Frank. You know, Frank. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know these these guitars are all fractals, and yeah. I know these drums are all sampled. I just I know it. I can hear it. Yep. And yeah, you click some buttons, and that's the sound you got. You know, like that's great yeah. for demos. That's great for like you know a practice but that's not great for an album so anyway it's even great if that's all you've got right that's true right yeah but once you say i'm gonna put this on the internet or put this in a store and ask people to pay for it yeah um try a little harder guy well yeah that's just it like it's it like it can feel fake and what that's why i think i lean a little bit more towards the hard like the hardcore side of all of it yeah, like, and I like I like the chaotic bands because I you, like your noise core, man. Yeah, like your brain can't. Well, and like a, a genre of music that I like a lot is like old screamo. Like, um, and for anybody that's listening, when I say screamo, I'm not talking about nor I'm not talking about like Under Oath or, or like Emery or bands like that. I'm talking about like stuff like Page Ninety Nine, City, yeah, City of Caterpillar, Free you know, band. like that sort of stuff, and. Um, like that music is so when I'm talking about screamo, I'm talking about something that sounds more akin to grindcore uh, <laughs> than it sounds, you know, like, like like you know like emo music or whatever the modern version. I, of I emo heard is. I heard emo when we were talking about imperfections with drums. Is William Goldsmith is probably one of my favorite drummers of all time. That's what made 
uh, Sunday Day Real Estate so good for me was the fact that you can tell that you know he was a great drummer, but it wasn't perfect. Uh, about the imperfection and, and about all that. That's why I lean more towards the hardcore side of things because it's more passion or even like the screamo stuff. DIY. DIY, yeah. Like I, I love that stuff because it sounds real. Mm-hmm. And like, I know we're beating a dead horse here, but like the chaotic bands that do something that you're not expecting, mm-hmm. like that sounds more human to me. Then okay, we're gonna follow. You know, we're gonna do we're gonna do verse, chorus, verse, breakdown. Yep, ver- you, got you know, it. like and like that that stuff like really started to wear on me. And especially with like Christian music, like if we're gonna talk about metalcore again, it is one of the only genres of extreme music where Christian music actually played a significant hand in it and does it well. It does it well. Yeah, like I mean, some of the bands because like any like you can't talk to somebody about old metalcore without somebody mentioning Zayo. Or Spitfire or Living Sacrifice. Um, and even bands like Under Oath and Azalea Dying, which we kind of, you know, aren't giving like the top marks, but like the fact that people know them and they were the bands that popularized the style. Yeah. Metalcore for the longest time for me was like the Christian genre of music, you know, where like almost you, you had a, you had like a, a 60 40 chance, you know, for the first time of when you checked out a new band that they were probably a Christian band, you know? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that, too. Like, to segue a little bit, there's nothing wrong with that if, if it's genuine. But what my big beef with a lot of quote unquote Christian bands are is that they wear it like a badge and then get on a Christian label. And then five years later, they're like, oh, yeah, we're not sure what we believe. We don't, we're not a Christian band, you know? Right. Like, oh, you know, like yeah. they're running to hide underneath the table, and that's where they lose my respect. Well, see, and I'm I'm kind of on the uh, I'm going to disagree with you on this podcast now. But no, like that that's kind of where I'm at. Like, because like when I when we did End of Destiny back in like 2005 2006, there was no question that we were a Christian band. You know, like it was it was what we believed. It was what we were into. But there is something to be said about being 15, 16, and playing a style of music in your garage with your friends and like you not really experiencing life yet mm-hmm. and under so oath. like yeah because like we talked about under oath a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about how bad the lyrics were on the first couple of releases um and the reason for that was is because they were kids mm-hmm. and they didn't know how to so they they wrote like horrible songs about abortion and like we never made any kind of like statement as to what we you know were if we supported it or didn't support it because that's not what our podcast is about but like Right. But I was like, these sound like lyrics that were written by 15-year-olds. Yeah. Because I think, they were. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of the uh, solid-state tooth-and-nail bands from that era, I think they really did start... Like, I feel like a lot of the Christian music started in a really sincere place. And then over time, these people actually experienced, like, real hardship or, like, real, real life or whatever. And I think... I think everybody kind of reevaluates their beliefs as they get older. I think I think it comes with the testing of your faith. Like people come up against things, and absolutely, you decide you you figure out whether it's your faith or your parents' faith, and sure. and that's that's where I feel like it's unfortunate because I'm a believer, and I I you know I'm not judging them for it. I just think it's it's frustrating and it's unfortunate because I um, you know like. Like figure four, that band, like not really metal, I guess, but like hardcore. I lo- yeah, I used to really they they was suffering the loss. That was one of my favorite hardcore Christian super, CDs. Super yeah. Christian band, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and then the vocalist like is the comeback 
kid singer there for a while, or maybe he still is, and like super like doesn't believe in God and like just totally rejected everything. Apparently, right. It's me, I'm like, I don't. They're like, you know, Tim Lambesis. Like we we're talking about that. Like, I mean, that's a little bit different because he got into steroids and then got like a God complex, right? And, and like went crazy basically. But he was a solid like dude apparently before that. It's like, I mean, not that you can be a you don't have to be, you know, you get what I'm trying to say, I hope. No, um, I do. I do. Um, I was thinking about that because, like, I was talking um, recently with somebody about about this because, like, so our whole thing was, like, when we first started the podcast, there was this thought in my head of making it, like, a Christian podcast. Like, we would just talk about Christian bands, and we do that, I mean, a lot, and it, it kind of irritates some people sometimes, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> no. I'm just <laughs> but, but like the whole I'm thing. I'm just messing. That's the tagline of the new website. <laughs> but the whole thing. We don't care. The whole thing. Yeah, we don't care. Listen to it or don't. Who gives a shit? But yeah, like what it really boiled down to for me, it's like, so I was like really hardcore um, Christian from like 2000 and. I don't know, I guess like 2001 until 2005, 2007, like that era. And I still I still identify as a Christian like 100%, but I have realized that like during those days of like preaching from the stage and doing like Christian projects and being involved in all this stuff, like I had experienced so much life up to that point that I had changed fundamentally in the 10, 11 years, you know, since that. And so, I mean, I'm a little bit more rough around the edges than I was at one time Mm -hmm. at that time. So I didn't feel like it was 100% honest to come across like, hey, we're going to do this Christian thing. You know, we hope everybody's on board, you know. (laughs) And so it was it was it was one of those things where we just kind of like took this route of uh, and like I kind of compare it to as the story grows in the sense of like it's a Christian ish podcast, (laughs) you know, like. Yeah, he even said it's like it's not by intention, but yeah, you know, it's, it's how it happens. Right. It's just kind of like it's just kind of like where we're at. I mean, like, no, I don't think any of us are out there being all like, you know, fuck God, fuck the Bible, fuck all that. Like, we're not like that, but we yeah. are more like not what the traditional church going Christians are going to listen to. Or yeah, it's you know. like you know, uh, inclusive of you know, inside and outside that you know. You say that you're uh, You think that you're a bit more rough around the edges now um, I would actually identify with The more rough around the edges folks Anyway, the way that I am I, My personality right. Like, there's guys that I Have known growing up that were Christians all their life And then they, you know I'm not going to say sheltered Because I don't believe in In Shelter, because I think eventually life catches up with you, whether whether you're ready for it or not. And so you can say you're sheltered up to a certain point, but then you know real life happens and you experience hardships, like you say, and it and it changes you fundamentally. Um, but uh, at your core, especially as a as a man, um, especially if you like listening to heavy music, that probably means that there's a sense of healthy frustration in you i'll say for sure yeah you know and, and i think that's something that every man should actually like about themselves not just battle with to contend with but actually like about themselves we were you know we were made especially in healthy family units to be warriors to be conquerors to be defenders to be you know men who believe in courage and honor and so 
that sort of stuff is the stuff that I identify with. You know, I don't really care about the specificity of it. I don't really care yeah. about the language you use. Yeah. You know, that 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 to me is my my favorite thing is seeing a, a man living in righteous living and caring about his brothers. That that to me, you know, especially especially when it comes to Christianity, that that's what makes a man. And so. You're kind of hitting on on um, what I'm about. I'm not necessarily much on the the spiritual side of things. I mean, I mean, I was raised a Christian. I mean, I've I've led youth groups and things of that nature in the past. The most important thing for me is morality, in and how you treat uh, your fellow human being. And and for me, that's the most important thing. I always try to be fair and honest and mm-hmm. give everybody a chance and be kind yeah and, yeah and, you know yeah and, because I'm, that's what i want somebody you know if that's what i want so shouldn't i give that in return mm-hmm. it, yeah. it, and so yeah for me it's always been the morality place so like i was you know we were joking a little earlier on uh, you know like saying we want to uh doing a little less christian it and it's really not that. It's just that I want more European metal. That's really what it is. <laughs> I said we were going to talk about Extol. It's okay, you know. So, yeah, like I, there might be ulterior motives on on my end. Uh, so sure, there's. I guess there's a little bit. Of Dude, we thought we were so, being so edgy that week. We talked about mortification, and the next week we talked about Slayer. Like we, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I agree. Like the faith issue is like, what good is your faith if it doesn't have practicality? What good is it? You know, like. In in what what I said earlier isn't supposed to sound like judgmental towards those people that have like rejected their faith or walked away from it. It's just to me, it's like I guess my question to them is like, was it ever real, and did you ever really dig deep for those answers you were looking for? Or did you just accept something you were fed? Or in our YouTube culture, like that we're in right now, like did you just watch a video that convinced you that everything was a lie and everything's a conspiracy? And you know, we could talk about that for a whole episode, but right. Uh, you know, that's kind of what we're about. Like we're about um, our our band. Like you know, you get our record. It's called Crush Satan. You know, and I mean, you take five seconds in our lyrics, and it's like it's pretty evident what we're about. You know, and it's like um, we're not preaching though. That's the thing. We're declaring something that we believe is true, and uh, we're not we're not like preaching from the stage. We're not like, um, and that's fine if people want to do that. By the way. You know, but we're not like preaching from the stage. We're not like actually identifying like, oh yeah, we're gonna go get on a Christian label now or whatever. We absolutely are not. <laughs> we are not gonna go and get on a Christian label. Like, <laughs> well, and I didn't even know like until I read the like until I read the uh, you know saw the name of the album was Crush Satan. I was like, oh okay, I guess it's like a Christian sort of project, you know. Um, and I didn't, you know, it it, it was interesting because like I wouldn't have even really known. If I didn't read the lyrics or, you know, or really like pay attention. And, uh, but at the same time, like it's still instilled this like feeling of me because it's, a, it was like when I was listening to it, I was like, man, this is like so back in the day. Yeah. But like not, but like not like a ripoff, like I said. Yeah. Like it was, it was very much like this would have been, I would have listened to this right along with Living Sacrifice or, um, or embodiment, or you know any of those bands. That's high you know. praise, man. Living sacrifice yeah. is, like, is it, man. I, man, well, that's, I, that's one of my favorites. Personally, I think that the lead vocalist, like the lead vocal sound, is very similar to 
to Bruce from Living Sacrifice. Um, yeah, well, that's that's me. I, I appreciate that. You know, but here's what's funny about that, and I, I'm telling you the honest truth. Like, we actually are least influenced by them. Well, no, yeah, musically you sound nothing alike, but and and, and for me vocally, I'd say Sean from Coalesce is my biggest influence. But I don't sound like him, and I don't yeah. try to. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, I definitely like have developed over the years like my own like cadence in the in the rhythmic patterns of the way I like to do vocals. Sometimes I'm listening to a record and I'm like, I'm expecting it to go a certain way because I like the way that I view music, and. And it, and it just doesn't. I'm like, oh, missed opportunity. <laughs> well, and you know? I like, I love rhythmic vocals. Um, yeah. And I definitely got that vibe, you know, uh, off of it where it was just like, it was really, like, it was just as, it was just as profound of an instrument as the bass, as the guitar, as the drums, yeah. you know, and wow. uh, and I, I love that in heavy music, you know, like, uh, and that's one of the things I liked about the Tony Danza tap dance, tap dance extravaganza was he kind of screamed on the on the you know like on the downbeat you know like yeah, and then yeah, he sounded very percussive as well and um, you know, yeah I just I love that kind of stuff. Same here. I love that record. You know, or th- their records is what I mean. All their records, yeah, yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah, um, and you know, like you may have heard it in the the podcast with Trav, but like the way we write music actually is we write everything minus vocals like we, we write absolutely everything first and we want to make it interesting enough where it can you could listen to it as an instrumental album and then i go and i do a whole other bunch of work on the vocals and getting it right and getting you know sure just the patterns and the rhythmic you know moments and just trying to create um just like a mind you know kind of like a little bit of a miniature for those that are listening for those that are listening there's a puppy he's a puppy it's ruining my serious face it's our our fourth co-host yeah yeah ruining my metal face We can't do a, a metalcore episode, even though we've been we've been dancing around it for the entire episode without discussing Northeast and SoCo metalcore. That that's got to come up a little bit, doesn't it? Can you clarify? Like, I don't know, like really. the divisions? Well, like, no. As far as like you know, like whenever it was really starting to get popular with like Kill Switch Engage and Treyu and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. The I mean, dark ages. The dark ages, as as Dan likes to call it, but <laughs> I mean that that has to be discussed to a certain extent because that's 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 part of metalcore. Yeah, it is in Bullet for My Valentine and all that. But I've never, to be honest with you, never once listened to any of their records through. To any of them? I mean, I've heard their music, but I've never listened to them all the way through. Oh, okay. Because I'm that like not into that style. Oh, gotcha. No, I feel you, because like for me, like metalcore is like I tend to lean more on the chaotic side of it, and like, yeah. and that's yeah. not radio friendly. So yeah. that's not the stuff that's going to be well exactly. known. Anything that's radio friendly, like I'm kind of like up snooze. 
Sorry. I mean, but <laughs> if you like it, that's great. I just um, that's where I'm at. If you were looking for an opinion, I, I don't. Maybe that's what you. <laughs> maybe you didn't want an opinion. But. I don't. A tray is great for like whenever you've had a few too many beers and you feel like you're uh, like me and you can't sing and you're like, oh, I'm gonna do karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I just karaoke to, scre- to the screams. You yeah, know, and, like, and I and I act like I'm Brandon Seller, and I'll I'll do the clean vocals. No, I do all. Yeah, like, and it's weird too. Um, I had a lady. I was like pulled up to a stoplight when I was on my way over here, and I was screaming along uh, to track three uh, on your guys' record, and I was like, nice. you know, <laughs> and this lady just kind of gives me this weird look because like I was trying to like go deep, you know, like because I tend to scream in a little bit higher register than that, you know, so like. <laughs> Yeah, so I was like, really getting down in there, you know, like, and, uh, <laughs> brother, you know, like, and, uh, just listen to the track I sent you guys. You'll understand. Oh, you sent them a track? Yes. What did you send them? <laughs> oh, shit. Thank God I don't have any recorded materials. Please that, tell that, me it was one. Yeah, he, uses, he uses my past against me a lot. Um, <laughs> it's probably illegal to do that, right? <laughs> Isn't that called blackmail? Which I'm impressed you've learned them already. Yeah. No, I have. That, that was like I really like that. And I, I, because I'm, I'm the guy that sits down and listens to a record and reads the lyrics along with it. Yeah, same. And that's and you guys. I mean, your record's only like twelve minutes long, so like I, <laughs> I I've been able to listen to it several times, you know. <laughs> and uh, on the drive down. On the drive down, yeah, I got like three. Yeah, because yeah, our studio is like a half hour away from my house. Same here. And my sleeping children, yeah. So. Inter- interjection. So. Uh, just a question about you said you listened to the album several times. Do you skip the the bonus track? Well, I didn't even know the bonus track existed because, like I said, I just downloaded the MP3s today. Oh, because okay. I don't Never care about that because so I, I predominantly listen to my vinyl. It's basically, the sound of a pizza box. Yeah. And <laughs> well, I think I said something along the lines of. Uh, <laughs> I think I said something along the lines of like, yeah, there's four songs, but there's only three songs. Right, mm-hmm. it's not fair. It's basically true. Yeah. I mean, that what that is 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 something that we wrote. Christian actually wrote it. I helped produce it, like yeah. record it. Okay, but we use that live, like, and so we just thought it would fitting. Like we always end our show with that, and um, just as a contrast, like it's an ambient piece, and as it's a total contrast to what we sound like, and so we thought it would be a nice, like, if we had we done a full length, we might have three of those breaking up the record. Totally, you know I mean, like, um, but. So, you know, it's just a little bonus. I've had some friends that absolutely love it, and they, they enjoy it. So we figured, hey, we'll put it on there. Yeah, I haven't listened to it enough yet to comment. But, yeah, it's uh, – but, yeah, there's nothing, like, beautiful on this on the record as far as, like, the three main right. songs go. And that, I love that about it, that it's acidic and, you know, like, angry it's sounding. Like it will, it will corrode your, your player. Absolutely. Oh, I, it will. That's a, good, that's a good way to describe it. I wanted to ask you guys, because I forgot to ask this um, – Last podcast we did. So I actually have—I don't even know if you know, but I have a—I actually have a, a vocal cameo. Oh in, crap! In, I forgot to the song. I really? Forgot to put it, man. Yeah. I forgot to write it in the in the liner notes. I wouldn't credit oh, me. Oh frick! Okay. I forgot <laughs> to uh, put it in there, but Christian actually does vocals on track two. Yeah. Okay. Um, For one line. One maybe. line. It's uh, they speak in subtleties. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I will listen to that and and trivia and for the listener at home. Comment uh, as soon as I. Uh, I should play that right now. Play that exact clip right now. There you Starting go. There. there you go. Like in the in the actual like podcast, <laughs> they speak in subtleties. <laughs> yeah, we will. Christian, that was pretty good, man. I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. dude, thanks. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> scream, scream. He's never really like 
done it like in a yeah. band or anything, but well, he, he can do it. He did it in the studio. So, I was like, dude, let's throw a mic up. And yeah. so he did it right what's, there. What's funny awesome. is I have the same mentality about screaming as I do with folk, folk, uh, <laughs> singing in general. <laughs> Gosh, when, when your favorite thing is English and you can't think of words. Um, can't has a talk. Can't has a talk. Uh, <laughs> I basically believe the way you should sing and scream is the way that you speak, just with more emphasis or air, right? Okay. So like, guys who scream and rip out their vocal cords basically are screaming the wrong way. Or they're screaming, you know, they're doing like 300 shows a year. Uh, so well, like- If you're doing it the right way, you can play as many shows a year as you want. That's yeah, right. exactly. No, seriously, like, cause, a lot cause, of those vocalists take lessons for that. Yeah, one of the healthiest ways you can scream is you just have some saliva or water at the back of your throat and you breathe out. And then once you get that mastered, that vibration, because it's not supposed to be the vibration of your vocal cords. That's how you tear things. Uh, it's supposed to be a vibration of surface tension in the back of your throat. I, I actually, I got a, um, yeah. on how you should scream. What is that? Oh, dude, I was just going to bring that up. The Melissa Cross. Classic, yeah. I was and just so, going to bring that up because, so yeah, same. like the, so every this time is the I, Zen I of I Screaming by Melissa Krause. She's oh. a vocal teacher in California. Nice. You would love this. That's trash. Yeah. <laughs> it, literally any vocalist uh, could benefit from that. Well, if you, if was, you want to learn how to scream, have kids. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to plug that. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, it, it just Whoa. plugged it. Double plug. <laughs> I was going to compliment Reed because I, you know, I'm not, I don't know everything about metal and and. and, and vocal performances because um, I'm just well you're really, a drummer yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so but I, I really do believe that and I tell, tell Reed this all the time like I think he's one of the most genuine and uh, real sounding metal vocalists out there that I've heard in a long time no, I appreciate and I don't I don't have, I don't have the biggest <laughs> sampling but a lot of times I hear guys scream and I'm just like you're, too you're putting on airs a little bit and there's nothing wrong with inflections and, and putting on vocal performances but there's something to be said with someone who literally, if you ask them to say the word and then scream the word and it'd be the, almost the same. Yeah. That's, that's, there's something very genuine about that. And I love it. It just, it sounds less like a vocal performance, so, and more like guys <laughs> screaming on a front line and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I want to thank you, by that's the way. I, I appreciate like. that. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I have my favorite vocalist over the years. You know, obviously I'm a big fan of, I already said Cole S and big fan of the Dave from Botch or wait a minute. Is it Dave? Yeah. I think yeah. it's Dave. Um, Frank, great delivery, great sound. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> Frank again. Oh, Frank! But like, Damn it, Frank. so what? What I do not want to sound like is <laughs> David Frank. Are, now I like. I, I, like, no, I like the band. Frank. I got to be clear. I like the band, and I think they're very like really good. But the sound of the vocals, curl up and die. You guys ever listen to curl up and die? I have not. Not okay. Well, it's like converge, except for less legible. Is that possible? Yeah, uh, that's, yeah, exactly. that's, yeah that's rough. <laughs> so literally look up anything by Curl Up and Die right now. And it's just okay. so funny. Because It'll like, probably end up on the episode. There's not nice. a single word that's legible. And and so, <laughs> and I love the music. Don't get me wrong. I think it's great. I just can't understand anything. So Welcome like, to my line, the part that I don't like the part where I say, yeah, that's good grindcore or that's bad grindcore. It doesn't matter how many words you put on a piece of paper and shove that in your linear notes and say, these are the lyrics. If all you're doing is inhaling and vibrating your vocal cords, you're not actually saying anything. 
Yeah. Freeze, brother. If you're just going, blah, 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 blah. You're my favorite. Oh, yeah, the pig squeals, man. Don't get me started. <laughs> yeah. Get stockyard music. I mean, I can't remember the band, but you handed me a band one time and said, no, no, the lyrics actually are oink, oink, oink. And I said, really? And then I pull it up and it's, it's like, okay, well, at least they didn't say they were saying something. Yeah. <laughs> They're not lying. They're not a joke. They're, they're not a serious band. They're a joke band. Probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know, that every, the first time I heard the the pig scream was on uh, Cold Chamber. Oh, track 13. Cold pig. Chamber? Yeah, Pig. Cold Chamber. And I was. <laughs> I've never heard of that band. Cold never Chamber? Cold Chamber? Yeah, they yeah. Uh, the lead singer then started uh, Devil Driver afterwards. So, oh, what okay. did you guys think of like when metalcore kind of started getting heavy again? Because there was like a transition. See, like there's a lot of weird stuff that went on. Obviously, yeah, you had your Adelie Dyings, you had your Killswitch Engages, you had Bullet for My Valentine, like bands like that. Um, where you know guys like guys like me and you are going to say, well, that's not really metalcore, or it's not hashtag it's not my metalcore, you know. <laughs> um, so you know we we can get into all that, but like it's interesting because like yeah, there were all those mainstream bands, but there were still like a lot of good stuff going on right. underground that just wasn't really getting anywhere. And like I kind of like there was a point in my life where I switched from like the solid state bands to like the Face Down Records bands. Uh-huh. And I got really into like kind of m- face down. Yeah. 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 Kind of like kind of like the more like hardcore based side of it. Mm-hmm. So like I was like really into bands like Point of Recognition, Seventh Star, you know, like bands well, like also the older catalog. Got yeah. It. Yeah. Like um, and even even like some of the early like Symphony in Peril. Um, Dude, that's great they were, stuff. Yeah. And it's like really sloppy and kind of shitty sounding, but it's great. Yeah, you I actually know, went like, back and listened to that first Symphony in Peril recently. And I was just like, man, this this really didn't like it's still good sounding like as far as like it didn't age well it, i don't know it didn't age it didn't sound like i remembered it sounding yeah like it sounded a lot better when i was younger but like now it's one of those like weird things where like because I, I love sean jonas as a singer um Dude, i yeah. liked him in zayo i like him now yeah, but like i think he's got a phenomenal voice yeah and like it's it's one of those weird things where like I was watching uh, just like two nights ago. I had a sleeping baby on my chest, and I was watching. Um, Isn't that awesome? Whose baby was it? Mine. Uh, oh, good. Just so, just one that I found at the supermarket. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're sleeping. Well, he just he just got out of the hospital. He was in the hospital. For, he was hospitalized for like ten days. So it's like the first uh, first time I got to spend some time with him after that. And um, glad he's, I'm glad he's better. That's yeah. yeah it was cool. Um, but yeah, he. Uh, so he's sleeping on me, and I'm watching the 2004 Face Down Records Face Down <laughs> Fest DVD. Do I have that? Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously I do too. But yeah, like, I, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you should have just said it. I, I do but too. I was watching, but I was watching that, and I was watching all these bands, and I loved it. They, had, you know, stuff like Shockwave on there, and dude, um, I was gonna bring them up, man. Yeah, like 121. <laughs> yeah, dude, Transformers references. <laughs> like it's amazing. Wow. Yeah, I did not know what to think of that. I was kind of like, kind of cringing a little bit. It's but gimmicky as all oh. hell, but it's great in its own cheesy kind of way. You know, like um, it's the same reason I like stuff like Striper. You know, it's just super cheesy, and I love totally. it. Totally by intention. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So like, I'm watching that DVD, and Symphony in Peril comes on and does like a three song set. You know, and like, I'm not even kidding. These guys are like playing these like parts and they're playing sloppy as hell. One of the guitarists' guitar is completely out of tune. Oh, and man. like I'm watching him literally stop 
the song for like three audible seconds and then go into the next part all within one song. No way. <laughs> and I'm like, to find how now. did I not <laughs> notice this before? Like, you know, it's like, I mean, I obviously I'm like an old guy now. So like I noticed stuff like that, but like it was so weird. Like I was like, man, all these bands I thought were great weren't, you know, like, and, uh, it was so funny to me to see that. There's still listenable, you know, about them. I love that record. I still love that right? That first Symphony Imperial record. I still yeah. love it. And I admit that it has flaws. And that it really sounds like what it kind of is in that, yeah. like, Sean Jonas, seminal hardcore vocalist from back in the day, it becomes a youth pastor. And it's clearly, it's clear that, like, the kids that are in the band are, like, 18, 19. And, like, they're probably kids from his youth group. And it was right after it yeah. was right after Bless the Martyr came out, and it was very similar. It was very similar, yeah. And I remember reading a review. I used to read CD reviews on this website called Godcore.com back in the day, and they they had said in their CD review that if this record had come out three years before, yeah, it would have been as big as Norma Jean. And then there yep. was another band called like Nodes of Ronvier or Ronvier. Oh, yeah, they're a, yeah. they're, a, they're a local-ish band to us. They're South Dakota. And I remember their first two records were really good. And uh, so it's kind of funny that all these bands were going on at that time when we're all kind of sitting over there shitting on all the stuff that's like really popular. But like <laughs> yeah. these bands over on Facedown are doing what Solid State was doing five years ago. And it's so it's and so you check out Face Down now and it's almost like indistinguishable from Solid State, but like yeah, it is a little bit, I suppose. But, but like I remember seeing like uh, you know like Seventh Star and like NIV. I was like a really big Nonus and Victim fan because like if you want to talk about like sincere lyrics and stuff, they were they were kind of the cream of the crop of that, and they were playing like kind of the older style of hardcore. And then there was like Disciple. Or you know, X Disciple X A D, you know, um, like bands like you have that. I was three piece. Mm-hmm. I was like really, really into all that stuff. Totally. And and to me, that that kind of kept metalcore going for me yes. for a long time. So that was that was a, a like a long question, like like. So what I mean is, was it like because you were asking us what we where we went with that whole? Yeah, sorry about that. Oh, um, no, no, no. I was just trying to like circle back around and like make sure that I, I answered that because I don't think we. So you were you were talking to me. You were talking about yeah, kind of like what happened and like your history with it, and then we just kind of accidentally started talking about <laughs> Symphony and Peril. Yeah, sorry. Um, no, 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 no. I don't apologize. That's not why I brought that up that way. Kendrick I was I was Spirit. I was trying to um, hop in here with you on this. Um, but for us, like, we got together, we formed this thing in, t- in 2010, and we, we kind of wanted to do this thing that, that is opposite of what you normally do. Normally, you hurry up and write three songs or, or four, and you go out, and maybe one's a cover song, and you go out and hurry up and start playing shows. But we did the opposite. We wanted to, to spend time, like, actually forming some sort of musical synergy, really just learn how to write together. And so we kind of tuned our our ears turn our ears off to what's going on in, in you know in, in the current state of like metalcore or whatever with like code orange and all that and just kind of didn't listen to it you know didn't really because we wanted to make our own thing and make our own sound and make a new heavy and you can't do that if you've got your ear to the ground and so that's kind of what our yep. approach was and has been and now, just as of 2017, we are like actually, you know, 
getting this stuff out there. And um, yeah, I guess, you know, we've kind of just not really been, I mean, we're aware of it, I guess, but we're not like listening and absorbing and, and, and drawing from anything that is within the last like probably decade. Yeah. And, and so I think that's kind of where like, yeah, we're, we're very much roots, roots based, but we also like when Colt, um, when me and <clears throat> I almost called you Colt, you know, I'll be a Colt. <laughs> when me and Christian got, you know, together, it was really cool because I was happy to find out he did. He wasn't aware of a lot of the, uh, the bands that I was because he wasn't spoiled when he would hear, yeah. when he would hear the rest that I'm writing, he would come up with his own thing, which is magic. And it was just, it's, we were able to create something truly new, and and I'm I I've always been very intentional to make sure beyond the shadow of a doubt that there's no way I'm lifting a riff or I'm barring anything, because I I have this thing with purity and like being, you know, a purist about it and being absolutely true to, to vision. I think I think early before I was into ba- in in bands, I was really into music and I kind of just there was a lot of like hate thrown around to to bands who would be ripoffs. So I kind of really adapted that and just really felt the same way, actually. And so I've always, you know, we've always just been very intentional not to do that. So if you find something in our music, you tell me and I'll probably. (laughs) I am equally as bad. I will throw a song out if I come across one riff for even a second. That sounds like a song that I have on my CD shelf. Well, we're on the same page, man. We're we're definitely uh, kindred with that. It is a musical nitpick. I'm like, nope, that sounds like insert name of band. And I only recently got to the point where I just threw it out and said, look, if I write it and I can't tell you who I ripped off in the first 10 seconds of playing it, I'm just going to go with it. Uh, I did some projects last year with a buddy of mine where he threw at me and said, dude, that totally sounds like money by Pink Floyd. And I said, well, then it's going to sell a shit ton of copies. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Because I didn't care anymore because I spent a lot of time on my own writing stuff that just... I spent too much time trying to make sure it didn't sound like something that I had already heard. Yeah. 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 I just didn't care anymore. I was like, well, fuck it. Yeah, and the other <laughs> thing you got to keep in mind is, you know, recorded music has been around for a while now. You're the likelihood that you're going to end up sounding like something else for a few seconds. It's rather high. Is is rather high because the sheer volume of of recorded music is, is insane at this point in time and it's yeah, but- <laughs> and it's only going to go up and i think that's part of the reason i mean the you know everybody i think it's on this podcast agrees that you know we like the you know the analog we we like uh, what sounds quote unquote real but yeah. i i think that's you know and i'm hoping things eventually go back to that uh, for popular music but i yeah. think part of the reason why uh for some portions of popular music, especially with my kids, I, I, I got a 11 year old and a 13 year old. And uh, so they're looking at things from a different perspective than we are. And, and yeah. they grew, they grew up in the digital age, mm-hmm. you know, so analog is a completely foreign material to them. Yeah. Every, every, yeah. everything is digital. It's not unusual that the, that their music is also, digital (laughs) and i I was uh it's so funny that you say that uh i had this conversation uh about a week ago with some some of my friends uh how music used to be a reason to come together it used to be the actual event itself right you would go to 
concert hall and it, there would be you know a big name band and it would be like everyone would stop there would be no you know no one had cell phones or iPhones at the time so there wouldn't be any of you know it was just everyone was fixated on the thing right uh, and it would even be rude to, to talk even for slightly loud music you know like and so now music isn't seen unfortunately in the mainstream anymore as a way to even convey ideas it's, it's basically like a background to your life people are so especially the younger generations are so oversaturated with um, with music with, <laughs> yep. their, with their lifestyle being oh this is for me this is my song today and everything's free too. everything everything's free everything's simple and so they the reason why I think it, it has gone this way um, in almost all genres of the music being popular um, all things being equal is that they want simpler things they just the, the general populace they want simple things they don't want to have to work very hard for entertainment yeah they don't and, have and to I, think yeah it's really what it is you know and it's and it uh and to a certain point i really understand that i understand you know it's it can be exhausting to try to interpret messages and and figure out meaning and listen to stories but at the end of the day people are storytellers and i think if you stray away from that storytelling in any way just because it's more convenient for you i think you're doing things a lot of disservice especially especially when it comes to the the heavier scene because i think half the message is this is the the way it's presented not even the fact that it's presented at all but the way it's presented and so I, i'm actually i'm actually grateful a little bit um the fact that mainstream you know hardcore metalcore kind of became not so great to listen to because i think it allowed people on the fringes to, to take up a bit of a different banner and and you know there's always going to be ebb and, ebb and flow of professionalism versus excellence and like i think perfect is the way you measure your shortcomings comings and excellence is the way you measure what you've done well and i think we have excellent music now coming up and before we have right now in the mainstream we have perfect music and i think people are honestly tired of mm-hmm. perfection i think people are coming out of that they don't really like that because it, it reminds them of something that isn't real i think I think it's artificial, and so I, I think I'm actually kind of grateful for that because it, it gave us a, a you know a footing. Yeah, yeah I, for sure. I, I think it's also the same reason why vinyl is starting to come back. Totally. Yeah, that's why we did ours on uh, like physical copy, and we weren't going to do CD because if you want CD, you might as well do digital. Right. In my opinion, I know that uh, according to you know Nuclear Blast, like they still sell a ton of CDs, but. Um, you know, we just wanted to do vinyl because we wanted to, and I personally collect vinyl too. And um, anyway, yeah, I forgot what I interjected. Well, for. digital music just got to the point recently where it actually made sense to not put it on CD and just right. sell lossless, whether it be Apple lossless or FLAC, but sell lossless versions of the songs. They sound mm-hmm. better than the CD. Yep, and yeah, it only yeah. recently got to that point. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Bandcamp's great for that. Yeah, and we have the bandwidth to support it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, have, I have an entire tree of CDs that I haven't even listened to, uh, just because it's it's <laughs> it's not. I'm not going to say it's a dead media medium because I don't think it is, but I I certainly think it's dying for you personally. Yeah, for me personally, it's dying because there's. I mean, again, I, I I know Reed talked about how he didn't really put his ear to the ground when it came to inspiration um 
I was the same way, but basically with all music. I actually took a, a music fast when I was in high school, from freshman year uh, in high school all the way up till halfway through my college years. Wow. Uh, I basically didn't listen to music aside from three or four bands. And the rest of the time it was me listening to, uh, you know, uh, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm going to pause for a second. I went to, I went to Nebraska Christian College, which was a music school. And so... I basically, the most the most music I listened to was music I made myself. Uh, okay. I played groups. I, I sung in gospel choir. Um, you know, we went along. We went around and, d- and did worship things at, at different churches and went all over the country. Um, so the majority of the music I listened to was the music I was writing for myself. And so, and it honestly seems weird to me to have done it any other way. You know, there's certainly no judgment to listening to everything under the sun. And I actually wish I would have because there's many times where we have conversations like this and half of the names you guys said tonight, I'm just like, uh, who? We got and, you covered. Just go back and listen to the other episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's, and I, and I, I think I actually had an unhealthy uh, outlook at it at the beginning of my high school because I was like, well, since everything sucks, I'm not going to listen to it. And I'm like, well, <laughs> there's some great stuff in there. Even even yeah. the stuff that isn't as good, there's some great stuff in there. And I think I neglected a lot of really cool opportunities. So now that I'm going back and I'm starting to dive into more of some of the stuff that's even been said to even slightly good, I'm, I'm finding a lot more uh, creativity there than I did before. Well, see, there's uh, an unhealthy version of that that a lot of people will say to you, especially when you're a teenager, which is, well, how do you know you don't like it if you don't try it? My right. version of that is you have to watch the bad horror movie to right. appreciate the good horror movie. True. And I don't think you have to try something to know you don't like it or to know it's a bad idea. Right. But when it's October and Netflix is saturated with bad horror movies absolutely watch as many of those as you possibly can because that good one that you find that's the jewel and the same is true for music if it's on the radio and you hate it great but you should still listen to it at least to get a barometer for what is bad or what you don't like because if you shun all of it yeah you end up in a mindset where you're still listening to the same band that you've been listening to for 20 years and that's when you become the old man well back in my (laughs) day (laughs) yeah and i i've known you that whole time you know at least for the last almost decade right yeah so I, I think you've listened to a few things, you know, yeah, here yeah. and there. I'm not, you know, I don't think you turned it off, did you? No, no, I'm saying when I was in high school. Oh, to, okay, okay, co- okay, okay, high, okay. High school to college is when. Okay, I, I, So I, I, I fixed myself. I, I, I got <laughs> my my brain right. Um, you know, when I got into college, I was just like. Okay, so it was before we had made the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. No, I was, I was, I was just saying that that was a, that was an incorrect attitude that I had. Yeah, fight. Clarification on the uh, timeline here. <laughs> yeah, no, because uh, I really do think it actually helped me in some ways because it, it made me it made me be creative as opposed to parroting what I heard. But then at the same time, I found out what I liked, and that fast kind of helped that in some way because yeah. then I was like, oh, okay, so now I know how to target myself. But I think at the end of the day, if I could choose to do it again, I would choose to listen to everything that there was because I did. Almost all of my life, I listened to everything there was, almost every genre, um, and so it allowed me to be a more rounded out musician in, in the way that I kind of approach things musically. But you know, I, I would just—I'd rather I would rather have picked a camp than no camp at all, because I think it rather felt it 
felt kind of isolated at the end there. So I'm glad I uh, I'm glad I came out of the music drought and stepped into the fun. There you go. Welcome. You're, you're actually hitting on join part- us. <laughs> <laughs> Vast majority of this is a metal podcast, but I always try to listen to 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 everything. I mean, yeah. Polka, you listen to Polka. Yeah, Weird Al, man. Uh, n- totally. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Weird Al. Weird Al. Power of power on the way over here, so you know. <laughs> Weird Al's got Polka, so yeah, he counts. But yeah, I mean, I, I love discovering new things, and, yeah. and I and I, I actually thoroughly enjoy the you know Pandora and Spotify. And and things like Netflix with their their weird algorithms that will find, you know, the the band that hasn't had even a you know hasn't had a thousand plays, yeah. and you listen yeah. to it and you're like, wow, this is what everybody else is missing. This is totally unbelievable. And I found yeah. I've found so many bands that that way that that now I love that I that I sing their praises because. It, I don't know anybody else in the Midwest that listens to them, <laughs> other yeah. than maybe the torturing that I do of, of Dan and Joe here. I mean, that's a, that's about the only other people that might listen to it, or my kids when they're stuck in the car. So, funny story about those algorithms, Jeff. In the infancy of Pandora, you could search for a band called End of Destiny, and you would find a band called End of Destiny, and it would play songs similar to End of Destiny that you would like, and it almost funny. always played Death Clock. <laughs> yeah, every time our band came on Pandora, it would switch to Death Clock. What the like, fuck? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. Like, joke metal. Against yeah. you guys specifically. Yeah, yeah, it was somebody's Death joke. Death Clock paid a premium to hijack <laughs> yeah. any <laughs> right. Yeah, certain, any bands that had certain words in their name. Um, Destiny. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to. Call it, it at this destiny. point though, because we're at like 180 minutes and yeah, yeah and it's, and it's icing outside. Poor Joe's gonna have to edit this, so um, well, we are gonna cut. I out got like a couple weeks because you think there's five of us here. There's five of us it's, that magnifies. We talked for a trap for an hour and 25 minutes, and there was only three of us. Right. You know, just yeah, it just doubles up a little bit. We, we were rather but expedient at the end. There. Travis Final counts as two uh, people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does. Well, <laughs> give it a couple months, and you guys are gonna have to make a triumphant return because this was really fucking good. Yeah, this yeah. was fun, yeah, man. It was a great time. We may not have stayed on topic, but I think it's gonna be an interesting conversation to listen back to. Hey, we do meander, but that's kind of the you know that's human nature. So totally. we, we do appreciate you guys coming on. It was it was a blast. Yeah, and the, I would say that if people want to check us out, just go to anewheavy.com. Absolutely. Um, we're on Instagram at anewheavy. Literally made it simple. Perfect. And um, yeah, we are about to drop a music video, so stay tuned for that too. Yeah, and the Sweet. record was the record was great, man. You guys still have copies of that? Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, we right? did a limited press at 250. Um, Seven inch uh, on vinyl, transparent. How many do we have left? Transparent, clear. I don't know the exact number, but um, it's definitely not two hundred and fifty. No, yeah, we sold quite. We sold <laughs> so quite a few. At least one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have to make a purchase. Yeah. One guy did. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this asshole. He has a podcast. Yeah, right. Well, no, I just liked it. I, you know, when I bought that record, I wasn't like thinking like I should ask him to be on my podcast. Like I just. 
Um, for whatever reason, I've been doing this for a year now, and I still don't like think to do that all the time. And uh, <laughs> so I was really thankful that you that, that, that you guys did it for me. And uh, totally, you know, and you took you, you took the first step by ordering our record and, and adding me on Twitter. Yeah, man. Right. Well, it was a big deal for me not to go back into what we were talking about, but uh, <laughs> like I. Uh, I basically, you know, it was a big deal because like I was working so a I lot, have so a, like a moment for your life. Well, right? yeah, well, no, it was a, it was a big deal because like I I knew the record was coming in the mail. It may have been in my <laughs> house. It may not have been yet. And I I had to work all these crazy hours or whatever. And I remember the morning it came, and I didn't listen to it right away because I had worked a twenty like twenty three twenty four hours straight at that point, and I. Uh, so I got home and I remember I, my wife's like, "Hey, you got a package?" And I was like, "Oh, sweet, I know what this is," you know. And so I opened it, I looked at it, and I read the lyrics, and then I just fell asleep and slept for like eight or nine hours. And then it wasn't in it wasn't until like ten o'clock that night because it was like six thirty in the morning. So I guess the, the package had come, parade. had come Here the day before. Come. And so I, I slept Double. for like eight or nine hours and then i woke up and listened to the songs and read the lyrics and everything but it was cool because again it was like an event it would have been really easy whenever i first heard of you guys to pull it up on my on my google music you know and download it and listen to it but like Except i would have it on there <laughs> right no i know that's what i mean like i couldn't okay. i couldn't uh you know so like listening to it if I'd have been listening to it while I was working those shifts or whatever I would have been doing it while I was working and it right. would have been just that it would have been a background Yep. So it wouldn't have had the impact on me that it did have, yeah. If it had uh, been delivered in, thoughts, any, yeah, in any other that's format. Exactly what we had hoped for people that uh, find us, and in, in, uh, hopefully a lot more people find us too. Just you know, with having guest vocals, you get the extra name recognition, which is a given. You know, uh, these are actually relationships we've built too. It's not just like we're not just doing it for name drop or taking advantage of them. These are like people that we've been in contact with um, for. Off over a decade for Matt and about a decade for Sean and I'd say DJ's the more recent one. He's a couple years. Um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna put some stuff out there and get some get some ads going and uh, hopefully people will dig it. Very cool. Um, you can look out for we have a blog where I do CD reviews whenever I feel like it. And um, so we would love to have some. Yeah, words within the next, it. within the next, uh, probably within the next couple of weeks, I'll probably have a review up awesome. uh, for What's you to read. So um, that'll be something that you can share around and stuff like that. I mean, unless you read it and you're like, oh wow, he was really nice on the podcast, but he was not nice on this record. No, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so far where I'm at, I don't think I'm going to be like shitting all over it. So you should be good, um, <laughs> unless I hear that one other band that it sounds exactly like. No, that's. Well, one thing that we do at the end of our episodes usually is we do like an album of the week. So what are you, what have you guys been listening to this week specifically? Well, let me pull up my Apple Music. I don't use it that often, but I, I sometimes just try to like find stuff. I love that. We have our that whole discussion about it. Uh, let me pull up my... Yeah. <laughs> See, I already got mine we pulled do the up. Same thing, man. Dude, uh, dude, a show like ours wouldn't be possible without services like that. It's not oh, like I have every record that's ever come out, you know, like my wife actually got it out of necessity. So I kind of use it on the side like a little bit like, you know, I guess I mm. we can go first if you need some. Uh, some yeah, go ahead, time. go ahead. All right, Joe, what do you got? If you volunteer to go first, <laughs> that means you go first. OK, it's all you, buddy. Sworn to a great. <laughs> all right. Volunteer. What do you got, Jeff? <laughs> Sworn to a great divide by soil work. 
I listen to that a lot. Nice. Dan, what about you? Not to be cheesy, but I've been listening to Ox by uh, Coolest. Oh, that's a great, great record. It really is. After listening to the Sean podcast, I actually popped it out too. That was me too. That's that's what I was like. I haven't listened to Ox forever, you know. So like, I, that's I pulled it up and, and been listening to it pretty steady ever since then. Yeah, I've kind of been doing like, um, ooh, okay, here we go. I forgot about this. I was listening to this for about three days last week. I I just came from a, a big um, drumming event. Oh yeah. Um, and. Uh, and so I, I've been pretty dry on the music front because I've basically been having to like drum for like eight hours straight, three or four days in a row. Yikes. Um, yeah, and a lot of it was like improv because it was like, you know, worship moments or whatever. And so, um, but who I was listening to the week before that was uh, Johnny Lang. Um, okay. That, it, it, it He's definitely- He's a phenomenal artist. Yeah, Unbelievable. Hey, there you go. Either he's happy or he has to poop. Oh, I said he's happy. He's pulling his DVD out. It could be both. Oh, there okay. it is. Come on now. Yes. Yep. He's he's so good. And so I just I didn't rediscover him. I I had listened to him a bunch of times, but then I just I forgot that he was that good. And so I just kind of moved along. I was like, yeah, he's great. And then like uh, last year I re- remembered him. I was like, holy cow, I forgot how good he was. And so I just been listening to him off and on for the past month of just a bunch of different. And what's funny is. I know he's he's an amazing guitar player and a really great vocalist, but every drummer he's ever had on his albums has been, I think, what can be considered of that genre one of the most solid drumming in blues and and, and uh, uh, really just guitar the guitar leading uh, the drums the drum mindset basically is just like just the most sincere, over the top poppy thick groovy drums and so i just i just get reminded of it and i was just like wow this is so good so let's talk about extreme metal drummers for one minute yeah 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 yeah. why is gene hoagland the only drummer who has ever just come right out and say so part of the reason i can play fast is these leg weights why is he the only guy i don't know but i i definitely don't use them (laughs) (laughs) but <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely do when I practice because you warm up with the weights, you take off the five yeah. pounds, and now you can fly. Yeah. Now, okay, now here's the thing: I actually already have that in my pedals. I use PDP pedals, PDP double kick, very cheap. And I've got my drum kit. Cheap and they weigh a lot. Yeah, they're cheap. They weigh a lot. And DW then I've got five thousand. I'm coming after you. That's fine. You can. <laughs> Send me an endorsement. I got you, DW. I'm your guy. I'll do it. Hey. Um, wait, wait, wait. Hey, wait, wait. <laughs> uh, I basically have one of the worst tunings ever for my kick drum in terms of helpfulness for me, but it sounds really good. Yeah. So basically, I'm hitting into a paper bag yeah. with these weighted kick pedals. And so if I, w- if I wore ankle weights, I don't know that I could bring the beater back. <laughs> 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 but I'm gonna start training with them because you said so. There I believe you go. I'm gonna there you go. Well, that that was one of those things that I always noticed was these guys. I would see these little tidbits, like Chad Sexton would be warming up backstage, and it would look like he was yeah. wearing really baggy uh, sweatpants. things. And I couldn't figure well, yeah, it out. It the and then yeah. one day it just popped up with Gene Hoagland, like so. Here's leg weights. I use these. All your favorite drummers use these. And yeah. if you ask them about it and they say, I don't know what you're talking about, they're lying to you. That's weird. Why would they lie? I don't know why they would lie. That's well, like... nobody talked about it. And I remember Thomas Lang even on this DVD. Yeah. I read an interview with the guy that helped with the filming, and he 
came right out and said, I don't know why he didn't talk about leg weights because he was warming up with them while we were getting ready to film that DVD. <laughs> and when you watch his feet, you can kind of tell. Yeah, like he's, he's warmed he's up like, a little bit. Like he like he's stepping upstairs, but there's always one more step that he's expecting. Right. He's still <laughs> fucking amazing, though. Oh, it's, he's amazing. He's a machine. Well, I've been listening to my go-to, I just almost chewed out a salesman while I was working, so I've been listening to Between the Buried and Me, Colors. <laughs> BT Bam, yeah. Good band. You you have a bad moment, and you just reach for the colors, just in go the headphones, and the piano <laughs> drops, and all right, I'm all right today. See, I would see them on like a yearly basis at the venue I would go to in Omaha uh, when I was like 19. Um, that was like 2003 and four. So you were around when the first record came out. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I had like one of the first like shirts with like the rhino on the back of it with like, <laughs> I don't know why it matters, but they were like, they were like the band, man, like coming through, like, yeah, for like the extreme experimental like metal stuff, like they were, they were it. So I think The Last Jedi might have even been shorter than this podcast. Oh, yeah. Jeff, can you give me an official time on that? <laughs> no. Arsh. <laughs> normally, I, normally I can. I, I'm I'm the I'm the resident Star Wars nerd. Our show's two hours and thirty minutes over here. It was two twenty, I think. Two twenty. Yeah. So I don't know how long Last Jedi was, but yeah, it's all good, man. I really, I love it. yeah, we this was fun. I mean, I don't I don't care that it was off topic at all. Like it's yeah. too much fun. Well, please edit it down. You know, oh, I, we I, will, we will. Don't worry. I don't think that uh, the podcast is two hours long. We'll get much listen, but you'd be surprised. Maybe, oh, I don't know. Maybe. The one we did with Scott from Zayo for three, it was over three and a half hours, got like, was one of the most downloaded episodes we did. Totally. I can see it, man. Huh. Could just, it just, just, could it, just been the name drop of Zayo, but I don't know. Like, it was uh, pretty cool. Honestly, if I saw a video that of three hours and I started listening and I heard this much that we were talking about, I'd stay for the whole thing. I'd be like, oh, they're talking about so many things. I appreciate that. Uh, and on that note, this has been yeah. episode 51 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please send questions and comments to Dan and Joe Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks. To tell us die can be found at a newheavy.com. Thank you for hanging out with us. Wow. My pleasure.